It's Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. We've gotten a lot of calls, a lot of emails, but there's one thing people definitely want to see. They want to see more Chucks. So people, you want more Chucks? I don't know, people. You tell me, ladies and gentlemen of the audience, you tell me here and now, do you really want to see more Chucks, A.G. Brnovich? <laughs> I was like, what are we going to, what are we going to do now? All of a sudden, I'm hurled back to high school 2000s and, uh, you know, Chucks were quite the uh, thing back then. You know, I don't, I really don't care much for Chucks. Mr. Brnovich, kind of do care about arrests and you doing your job. We're not talking. We're not talking about Chuck Norris here, ladies and gentlemen. We could all stand to use a little bit more Chuck Norris in our life, but ladies and gentlemen, Mark Brnovich, let's be real. Let's be clear. Your nunchucks are pretty cool, okay? Your nunchucks are pretty cool, but uh, that's not what we're here for. In this day and this hour, I hope somehow you did not miss the memo, Mr. Brnovich. I hope you're not wasting our time. I hope, dear Mr. Brnovich, Mr. Uh, A.G. Exemplar, out yonder in Arizona, you're getting the message. Now, I'm pretty sure that Mr. Brnovich has been getting a lot of messages lately. Pretty sure he's, uh, maybe he's been a little bit um, over... Uh, Maybe he's been inundated. Let's let's say that. There we go. Let's there we go. Let's say he's been a little inundated. Yeah. Yeah. AG Brnovich. 6025425763. Yeah. We want you to call him. He he might he's been a little bit busy, guys. <clears throat> but not so busy that he could not take a little bit of time out of his daily schedule to flex his nunchucks. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, just when you hope <laughs> that your elected representative is not an arrested development, Star Wars watching, nunchuck wielding nerd, you get A.G. Brnovich. <laughs> uh, my, my, my faith and my hope is still in Brnovich, I have to say. You know, we've called him the sleeping uh, bear of Arizona for long enough. The man seems to be reacting, responding, coagulating the way he should be. At least he's not, uh, what do you call it, discombobulated, right? So we'll see how it goes, A.G. Brnovich. We are quite concerned. I mean, uh, people like uh, Senator, dare I say her name, Wendy Rogers, is like, we want to see arrests. We don't want to see an unchuck skills, Mr. Brnovich. We know that you've been waiting this entire time to show off your nunchuck ability. 
Mr. Burnovich, maybe we'll have a nunchuck off tonight during the C report in the dark, otherwise known as Mr. C in the dark. Something like that. Something like that, guys. I don't know. You 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 refresh my memory because my memory is shot. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the C Report. We're coming to you live on this Friday evening. And guys, I gotta apologize. I took a very heavy dose of CPT at the beginning of the week. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my tech manager is telling me that I cannot use the phrase CPT and not be <laughs> and not be disbald from the entirety of the uh, internet. Oh, I apologize. I apologize, but I'm just trying to be honest. I am just trying to be honest, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. A week it's been. It was uh, fun hanging out with you guys this afternoon. We did an edition of Lone Star News along about, you know, mid-afternoon when everyone's uh, flipping over to get the other side, you know, uh, <laughs> to get the other side, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, nice and uh, nice and bathed yeah about 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 2 p.m central time is where you flip over bloop, and you you bathe your cheeks if you you hear what i'm saying anyways ladies and gentlemen it was a good time good time good time uh um you know we uh talked a bit about texas because that's what we do during lone star news talked a little bit about that um uh thing that we're working on some of you guys may or may not know. Sorry, I'm trying to get all of my systems go here on my side of the screen. So uh, to be sure, we appear to be live over at the foxhole.app, at pill.net, at clouthub, at Twitch. I think those are all the systems that we typically run on, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I think that's working. Yeah, we talked about, uh, we talked a bit about Texas and some of, uh, you know, Governor Abbott's buddies come into town. Indeed, they did. This is like about two weeks ago or less. But uh, either way, you know, you, you see, you see Abbott's circle of friends. He's got Kemp coming over here. He's got Dewine coming over here. He's got Ducci coming over here. He's got Little coming over here. I mean, come on, we're not big fans of those people here. We're not big fans of those people. Not at all whatsoever. What was weird, Tam Growl? Are you talking about uh, the nunchucks? Are you talking about uh, having a having an afternoon, a, a weekday edition of Lone Star News? It was weird for me too, sweetie. It sure was, but it was great. It was grand. We talked a little bit about, uh, what did we talk about? We talked a little bit about um, the forensic audit here in Texas. Need I say more? Dare I bring it up again? I think I'm gonna bring it up again. You know why? Because we're uh, we're broadcasting live right now at uh, 7:30 p.m. Central Time, and uh, you know that's a, that's an entirely different demographic, if you know what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. So I popped my canoodle over here to thecreport.com where you can get up to the minute information on the show. You just click on this handy dandy little show news. You just click on this handy dandy little show news button right here, and it tells you what's going on with the show. Look at back on the 9th of October. Can you see that, ladies and gentlemen? Do you feel me, ladies and gentlemen? Back on the 9th of October, 
That was just last week. Do you remember, guys? There will be no Lone Star News today. We will broadcast Lone Star News tomorrow, Sunday, October 10th. 2020. So you never need to be left out in the dark if you're wondering why the heck is Mr. C not here on a Friday evening at 7.30 p.m. to deliver us some news, eh? Well, the reason for that would be, my friends, quite um, quite easily that I'm here now. <laughs> and you... Should you not want to be left out in the lurch, can find out the information as well. But now that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about specifically here is um, this this uh, letter to Joaquin Castro. And again, ladies and gentlemen, if you are, you know, a citizen of Texas, if you uh, reside in this state, if you are PO'd because Governor Abbott's trying to push off a forensic audit that is not even a forensic audit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I would recommend that you contact your local and state legislature. Contact your uh, your local lawmaker. Look, we even have we even have an insignia sign for it. Look, bam. Contact your local elected officials. Honey mama, it's very important. Now, I have not heard so many people talking about this full forensic audit in the state of Texas. I haven't. I've heard them mention it. I've heard people say, hey, Texas is having a forensic audit in their state. And much like the people who skim the headlines but don't get uh, much further than that, ladies and gentlemen. They're like, oh, yeah, Texas is having a full forensic audit. Yeah, celebrate, celebrate. These are the good times. Celebrating it, you and I. Ooh, ooh. These are the good times. No, ladies and gentlemen, don't make me the only one screaming from the mountaintop. The full forensic audit that they are supposedly having of one Tarrant County, one Harris County, one Collin County, one Dallas County is not even that, ladies and gentlemen, it's not even that. So uh, with that in mind, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again here and now. This is what I had to say to uh, my federal district representative. That's right. Not city councilman, not state representative, not state senator. I'm talking about the federal one. Although this, this could very well go toward your state and local representative and senator. And it is. Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, before the night is through, I will make stew out of them. And I will send them this letter. But I had to send this over to uh, panty boy Joaquin Castro over there in his silk panties trying to uh, impeach President Trump over uh, evidence that he fabricated himself, if not him, people on his team, still a panty boy. We have another word for that in, uh, you know, trade and tricks terms, but we're not going to go there because we're not in the dark just yet, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you could probably just imagine the things that I have to say, girls and guys. Mr. C knows the streets. Mr. C's walked the streets. Mr. C's not a stranger to the streets. Yeah, Joaquin. Very much so, Joaquin. 
Anyways, this is what we had to say about the uh, full forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election that they're trying to do here in Texas. It's not going to amount to a hill of beans unless there are at least five magical beans inside of that hill. It's not going to amount to much. To Joaquin Castro, the panty boy of the 2020 Trump impeachment hoax, I am writing today concerned about the integrity of our elections. I was recently informed that our state may begin a full forensic audit of four counties' 2020 election results. Please know and take note that I support these efforts. If Governor Abbott or any of our body of lawmakers attempt to get this effort completed, I expect your full support as well to honor your office and to stand for the people, your community, your state, and your country. If an audit is requested by the people, an elected office holder should always comply. The Texas full forensic audit of 2020 general election that Governor Abbott and the current acting Secretary of State have thrown together within hours of President Donald Trump's call is not a full forensic audit, we demand that you support an election audit of the 20, uh, Texas 2020 general election and that additional amendments are added to the Secretary of State's full forensic audit of 2020 general election plan. Please note, without the addition of these amendments, the audit as outlined by the current acting Secretary of State is incomplete and cannot accurately be assessed or cannot accurate, accurately assess for illegal voting election fraud, voter fraud, outside interference, ballot trafficking, or ballot harvesting. The following is the text from the Secretary of State summary of the plan for Texas audit of the 2020 general election. And there we have their plan. This was the summary plan that the uh, acting uh, Secretary of State um, listed we have two phases, phase one, testing voting machine accuracy, cybersecurity assessment, and identifying and removing ineligible voters who cast ballots in 2020 already completed or underway. Did you guys note that? Now, there are several Republican states, there are several, uh, you know, conservative states that do require a type of uh, cybersecurity or a type of uh, electronic or technical um, audit um, within 72 hours of the uh, voting completion. So uh, because we have this preemptive, this is the way a good old Texas boy would put it. Now, President Trump, we have a preemptive test that we run here in these damn dark hills of Texas. And with this preemptive test, it verifies beyond a shadow of a doubt, Mr. President, that all of the elections will run securely and all of the elections in Texas will be the most accurate and safe, Mr. President, because we have pre-testing equipment. We do uh, tests and trials. We do tribulations, Mr. President, to ensure that come the 2020 presidential election or any election that's going to happen here in the state of Texas, Mr. President, is going to be secure and accurate a thousand percent. We have preliminary testing, sir. No, thank you. 
No thank you, Abbott. No thank you, Texas. No thank you, Texas body of lawmakers. No thank any of those people. I don't want it. I don't buy it. We don't need it. We need more. I mean, who's to say that these uh, testing facilities don't uh, stop working after the preliminary testing? Yeah, I don't trust it. So um, I don't. I don't call me paranoid. Phase one needs to be uh, reassessed, in my opinion. There's, there's some. Uh, I got some reasons for it, you know. Now we're looking at this phase one testing. We're not going to read through it, but that is what it covers: the uh, the testing, voting machine accuracy, the cyber security assessments, the uh, the going through the voter rolls. Basically, is what this identifying and removing ineligible voters cast. They have their own. Fancy smanchy equipment that covers all of that. I, uh, you know, considering that we just called for a full forensic audit, President Trump did. Uh, I think that totally disqualifies what uh, President um, you know, Governor Abbott is trying to say is already accomplished here. He and his little. Uh, acting Secretary of State Joe Esparza, they need to, you know, get ready for another one. We're not going to live for we're not going to live for this or stand for this. Uh, let's move on. They also have phase two, of course, the comprehensive election records examination, which boils down to just an administrative audit. Okay, it's just an administrative audit to make sure everyone signed the line and put the correct date, which is, you know, absolutely valuable. It does need to happen. It's not going to happen until the spring of 2022, though. Just in case you didn't catch that, right? They're not. They're going to wait. You know. Between uh, between calling for an election audit, they'll have what? Because don't forget, guys, according to what it says up here, uh, phase one is already what? Completed or underway? So that tells me that between now and spring of 2022, you know, if there was any uh, any anything untoward happening in this audit, in this election, whatever, they have uh, they have what? A few months to kind of fix that. No, 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 Abbott. This ain't going to do, buddy. This ain't going to do. Okay. So uh, we're going to do it. We're going to do an administrative audit in the spring of 2022. And should the administrative audit have, uh, you know, several discrepancies, then, uh, then we'll look at the physical ballots. Bull crap, ladies and gentlemen. The letter goes on this way. These are the suggested amendments to the Secretary of State's full forensic audit plan, okay? These need to be incorporated. As noted, if this does not take place during the full forensic audit of the four mentioned counties, it is not a full forensic audit. It is not a full forensic audit. And, you know, if uh, any other future amendments can be added or should be added under another person's guidance or purview, we can add them. This is a living document after all. I'm just saying, uh, if you want a full forensic audit and you want to let your representatives and your senators and your governor know the crap that they're pulling right now is not a full forensic audit, please feel free to uh, copy and paste this letter. Feel free to, uh, feel free to uh, you know, Modify it in any way that you see necessary. Take some of the Mr. C-isms out of it. <laughs> Make it your own. Please feel free. Don't be shy. But uh, suggested amendments to the uh, full forensic audit plan. 
all selected, um, all elected, not selected, they're selected right now, I apologize, but all elected officials, representatives, should comply without objection. And that should be the golden standard across the board for any elected official in regards to an election audit when called for. That should definitely be the golden standard. Phase one requires a canvas to prove the results of the ESA and the ERIC report. Now, the ESA, that's their uh, election security assessment here in Texas, and their ERIC report that goes back up here to uh, section one. That is the Electronic Registration Information Center. Now, what they do is basically they run all of their votes, they run all of their uh, registrations through the system, and it tells them if they voted once, if they voted twice, if they moved out of county. That's what Eric does, okay? Now, in order to prove that Eric is not right, or I mean that Eric is right, I apologize, sorry, I'm thinking about uh, Hal over here, Hal what, Hal 5000? If they, if they want to prove Eric is accurate and true, they need to do a canvas they need to do a canvas. After all, it was uh, it was during uh, Governor Abbott's third selected Secretary of State, his third selected Secretary of State, where we came up against a figure of uh, somewhere uh, ninety five thousand illegal voters in the state of Texas. And uh, even though uh, that case was dismissed because uh, the people of Texas, and I take it back. The leaders of Texas just don't seem to give a damn. Who's to say that that uh, even half of the numbers in the uh, in that botched inquiry were not illegal voters? And if fifty thousand illegal voters exist in Texas, I want them out. They don't need to be there. They don't need to be uh, standing in as ringers of our for our opposition. Right? They don't need to be here. They need to go. They need to go. Okay, they need to go. That's all there is to it. Let's do it. Let's have a canvas, guys. Phase one requires a canvas to prove the results of the election security assessment and the ERIC report and the physical and electronic image system ballots. We say that, of course, because without a physical canvas, we can't prove the physical ballots are legitimate and we as uh, sure as hell cannot prove that the electronic image system ballots are not accurate. Also, the partial manual count of electronic voting system ballots that is completed within 72 hours of the election will require a full count, okay, a full count of not only the electronic voting system ballots, but also of the physical ballots, regardless of what the administrative audit report shows. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about here. This uh, this um, uh, administrative audit, which is not even supposed to take place until the spring of 2022, is the only way that they will even consider reviewing the physical ballots for a full forensic audit of the 2020 election. Bubkis, bull, quacha. Dare I say it's bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. Like This is what I'm talking about right here. They're not going to do any kind of review of the physical ballots. They're not going to do any kind of full review of the electronic voting systems. How on earth could anyone consider this a full forensic audit? Am I the only one on my rag here making a big deal about this? I know my blazer's red, okay? I know I'm synchronized with some people who are pretty moody right now. 
But like, uh, I can't be the only one that sees this bull staring you in the face, Texas, and wants to let Abbott get away with this, wants to let them get away with uh, paying lip service to uh, President Trump when he calls for a full forensic audit. Are we satisfied with this? Does this make us happy? Are we kosher with this? Is this okay? I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's okay. I don't. I really don't. A third party audit of all voting machines needs to happen, okay? This is another amendment I threw in here. A third party audit of all voting machines not to include ProVNB, SLI compliance, Hari, Hursty, or any EAC certified vendor must occur to determine the connectability of the machines the interactivity that can be detected to determine where information may be sent or received. Very important, ladies and gentlemen. We don't need the state of Texas to bring in some EAC certified vendor, right? Like ProVNV or like SLI compliance who are not even certified to do forensic audits of any part of any part of election, including their own damn machines. These are the people that come in to a state and uh, they say, hey, we've certified your machines for this election. They have no reason to be auditing, certifying their machines for an audit. They can't even do that. I don't care if they know how it works. The worker cannot audit their own work ever, period, and forever. And Hari Hursty, don't get me started on Hari Hursty. He'll be in the report as we move along tonight. We'll be talking a little bit about Hari Hursty again. But this, this here, guys, Hari Hursty, he is the deep state qualified certified mole. He's a certified, uh, you know, um, um, a rat that uh, runs fraudits in order to uh, save the face and uh, strengthen the treason that's going to bring down this country. Hari Hursty, we don't need anywhere near Texas, nor do we need the EAC to certify any other vendors, brand new or otherwise, to come into the state and run an audit. Now, on the voting machines, guys, it's gonna, it's got to be third party. It's got to be a third party. It's got to be a third party professional. They exist. They're out there. We've seen who they are. And that's the only way that that's going to fly, period. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we need to review the completed reports of the ESA, the Election Security Assessment, and also of the ERIC system, the Electronic Registration Information Center. And, you know, maybe by calling this out so early in advance, it could give them some time. But uh, if uh, the state of Texas has already completed their ESA and they've already completed their uh, ERIC reports and that is going to be incorporated into our full forensic audit because we, we ran tests, <laughs> we ran tests that proved it was okay, BS, I don't give a damn. Anything that comes out of this uh, full forensic audit of uh, Tarrant, Harris, Dallas, and Collin County need to be run against these completed reports so we can verify. We're trusting, but we're verifying that uh, what Eric and ESA ran are actually truthful, honest, 100% to the point. And uh, the rest of the letter goes on this way. We won't read through all of it, but uh, as the elected representative, you should have no 
objection to my request. Please show your support for a full forensic audit of the twenty of the Texas twenty twenty general election and do your part to search for and read beyond the headlines you see every day. The threat of election fraud and theft is very real, and we have experienced it ourselves in the USA. If any of the states can be hit with substantial fraud, we owe it to ourselves to ensure our election was secure, accurate, and trustworthy. And then uh, from there, I go into a little bit about Arizona and Maricopa County and their findings as listed right here. Now, that's an important uh, piece, in my opinion, is if any, if any of our states can be hit with election fraud, and you know, if you are in a blue state, you know, if you're in a Democrat-held city in the state of Texas, that these people aren't looking or they're looking and they're being dishonest. So uh, laid out some of these pointers about Arizona in case the only thing they caught was the uh, ballot count physically was accurate and uh, gave more votes to Biden, which is what the uh, mainstream media is running away with. The lie of omission, not quite a white lie. I'd say it's one of the blackest of black lies. No race pun intended. They need to be aware. And so, you know, the pointers that we got here, of course, I didn't uh, come up with those pointers on my own. No, sir. This comes from uh, the Arizona Maricopa County audit report. This comes from other states who have put together such types of information, copied and pasted into this letter. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, you have 100% permission to copy this note. If you're in the state of Texas, modify it, fix it up, add more details, take some of the Mr. C-isms out of there and use it and send it to your elected representative. Now, this letter is, um, this letter is, uh, how would you say? It is tailor-made for our uh, state and our federal representatives, okay? Um, I have a draft copy that's going to the governor that will be up soon. And I have a draft copy that is going to our to my city elected elected officials, guys, my city elected officials. Now, I know I'm not dumb. I'm not stupid. I mean, I might have just learned about uh, civil local government within the last couple of months because I didn't go to middle school. I was uh, homeschooled. But um uh, I know that city elected officials have nothing to do with what's going on uh, per se, per se, they have nothing to do with what's going on at the state level when it comes to elections. I know, I know, mayor of San Antonio, little mayor Nuremberg, who needs to uh, kind of remember what his namesake stands for, has nothing to do with our state elections, right? I know he has nothing to do with it, but what mayor Nuremberg needs to understand what my city council representative needs to understand is how I feel about this matter and how I expect them to uh, regard this matter, regardless of how they feel. They need to know where they should be, where they should stand in case they did not know themselves. And with city elected officials, I find that to be the case uh, or in case they just uh, totally oppose it. They need, to, they need to know where they're supposed to stand. And it's a pretty big no-brainer that if you're an elected official, should you really be questioning election audits? It's, I mean, it's a no-brainer, ladies and gentlemen. A no-brainer. It concludes this way. 
Please look into the election audits happening around the country. While you may not hear or see the truth about what is happening in these United States of America on your television news or your online news websites, it is happening. And we, the people, are holding elected officials who ignore, obstruct, or remain complicit in election fraud and theft, or those who deny their constituents the right to an election audit, accountable. I got to add that right there. Okay, it was, guys, okay, I forgot to put accountable right here. Don't forget to put accountable, put comma, accountable, period, thank you, period. And I will adjust that right as rain as quick as possible, ladies and gentlemen. And that's pretty much all I got to say about that. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, how are you feeling? I hope you're feeling good. I'm feeling pretty good here on this Friday evening. It's been stormy. It's been stormy McDaniels all day long this afternoon. Uh, there's been no end in sight to the rain, but it's okay, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what's happening. My uh, screen is uh, kind of off-shod and uh, forsaken. Hold on, let me see. Let me see what else is going on here, guys, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what kind of riffraff I'm dealing with this evening. I'm not talking about you. Obviously, I'm not talking about you. Um, we don't riff. We don't raff much around here. We just uh, examine the facts as they stand. Oh. You know, guys, aside from being on CPT, like, let me tell you what. Oh. This uh, this this day is coming quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be doing what now? What what in the what? We'll be doing what what in the what? Uh, we will uh, we will be uh, over in Las Vegas, guys. Time is running short. Time is running short. Got to get things together. Running around like crazy. Oh my goodness! I mean, you know, I don't got to. Uh, I mean, what, Friday, Friday of next week is exactly when the uh, momentous events are to occur. Uh, that's starting on the 22nd, guys. That is the uh, Forgotten Country Patriot Double Down happening in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sour Tangle, Bundagle, Banangle, whatever you are, whatever you are, Kevin. Uh, yeah, whatever you choose to be this week, good for you. Uh, but like I was saying... <laughs> Let me say what guys got a lot to do. Got a lot to do before then. Things are things are starting to to uh, things are starting to uh, clamor up on me here. Okay, I think we're okay now. Let me see what we got going on here. I expect at least half to arrive. I don't know. Whenever this oaf is finished. Okay, let's go, guys. What do we got going on today? What do we got going on today, ladies and gentlemen? I've already put out my uh, headline for the night. Let's see. What do we got in the headline? Defiance of Biden Biden's vaccine mandates. We can say that, guys, because we're not on ScrewTube right now. We were on ScrewTube this afternoon during uh, during the uh, presentation over there for Lone Star News. God, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I was just doing the uh was it schoolhouse rock or is it um 
I see the other one. It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine content creators. Uh, yeah, you got what I'm saying. You got what I'm saying. Hold the line. Hold the line. It's Friday. It's Friday. We won't be doing anything else for the rest of the weekend. Okay. So, uh, yes, Biden, Biden, Lions, uh, vaccine mandates. A lot of resistance is coming up in that regard. Uh, as you guys may note, it's a good thing, you know, even though it might very well jeopardize my uh, trip to Las Vegas, I'm going to say it's a good thing. Southwest Airlines, do what you got to do. Do what you got to do, Southwest Airlines. Do what you've got to do. Okay, here we go. That's a little bit better. Yeah. Good evening over there at the uh, foxhole.app. It's Friday afternoon. It's prime time. You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying. Joyful Lily. Good to see you, Joyful Lily. Tam Growl. Howdy do, Tam Growl. Good to see you. Sean Joe, always in the audience. The Speak Uneasy. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you, sir. And welcome into the uh, welcome into the chat, and uh, you will see several more of your brothers and sisters soon. I'm sure. Don't worry. But uh, we got uh, we got a lot of resistance, guys. We got a lot of resistance. We'll see where it goes from here. Um, Garland's interest in zero election integrity is uh, almost as interesting. At almost, almost as interesting as his uh, interest in um, critical race theory. How, how do you get a man? Uh, this is almost by design, ladies and gentlemen. How is this man, um, Attorney General of the United States? How is he Attorney General of the United States? I don't understand. I don't understand when he has a such vested interest in things as critical race theory and as a zero, zero, zero accountability for election integrity, man, uh, the juice just keeps rolling out more and more on A.G. Garland. Uh, we'll definitely, most definitely uh, <laughs> be jumping into that. The speaking easy says, am I the only one in the chat? Dude, didn't you realize uh, you are? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. You're not. Just uh, hang tight and keep the light on. I'm sure people will be here soon. Okay. <laughs> and if not, it's okay. I'm, I really quite frankly. Anyways, okay. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn. Uh, okay, let's see here. And uh, Michigan, Michigan also being weak on election integrity. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that too, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, that was kind of weird. But that is not what I mean by not giving... <laughs> That is not what I mean. You are not alone. Although we did lose another viewer uh, since I made that statement, but it's okay. I don't mean like, I don't give a damn. I just mean like, uh, this is what we do, my friend. This is how we roll, ladies and gentlemen. And I appreciate your, uh, I appreciate you being present. Free market rules, my friend. Free market rules, laissez-faire. I'm all for it, guys. I'm all for it. 
you know, I am all for it. And uh, I'm still doing what I'm doing. So that's what it boils down to, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk a little bit about President Trump. Oh, and you know what? Um, I almost forgot before I forget. <laughs> and actually, I think Aurelius might have just reminded me. He says, no, I need more nunchucks, though. Ah, sir. That's, that's what I was going to say. Uh, you know, like I said, we got uh, we got A.G. Brnovich uh, flexing his nunchuck skills out there in Arizona. Um, we need arrests and uh, we need to make sure that uh, this is something that transpires. Now, like I said, with uh, someone like Senator Rogers, Senator Rogers is like, hey, you know, like uh, we need arrests, not nunchucks. We need uh, we need arrests, not Ninja Turtles, A.G. Brnovich. Um, welcome to adulthood. Uh, we still have more signatures to um, the uh, decertification declaration of independence that uh, Wendy Rogers has put out there for every state to sign. They're not just talking about your federal representatives, ladies and gentlemen. They also mean your state representatives, ladies and gentlemen. So... Throw your state out there, and if you'd like to know who signed, uh, we'll visit that list towards the end of the show today. Again, if you would like to know if your state has signed for Wendy Rogers, I'm not a communist. I believe in election integrity, Declaration of Independence. Just let me know, and I will toss that your way. I will toss that your way. I promise. I promise. Here they come, guys. They're getting ready to come. Watch. Just it's gonna overflow any minute. I guarantee it. Here I told you. <laughs> They're coming. They're coming, ladies and gentlemen. They're coming. Let's jump into today's report. For those of you just joining us, 41 minutes past the hour. Uh, no, just kidding. It's actually 16 minutes. <laughs> We are just jumping into today's report. We are done with the chat for the moment. All right, let's see what we got. President Trump making some statements. They're great statements. Oh, we were just talking about Arizona. Speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, this is what President Trump has to say. New information found from public records, documents, and votes in Arizona. It is damning and determinative. We'll be discussing this today. Now, I was actually quite excited by the statement. As you can imagine, I'm usually quite excited by any statement that President Trump makes. But he said he was going to be discussing this. So I was uh, keeping my eyes out and peeled for any type of Trump transactions with the mainstream media or any type of interview appearances, unfortunately. None seem to be the case. Uh, it seems that we'll have a brand new Trump interview coming out on Monday. It's not yet been aired. Uh, it's going to be taking place with one O'Reilly, though. It's going to be kind of painful to watch, guys. I'm not a big fan of Billy. I'm sure none of you guys are out there either. Uh, he's got an interview with President Trump either way. Let's see what this next statement from President Trump says. It says, a new analysis of mailed-in ballots in Pima County, Arizona, 
means the election was rigged and stolen from the Republican Party in 2020, and in particular, its presidential candidate. This analysis derived from publicly available election data shows staggering anomalies and fictitious votes in Pima County's mail-in returns, making it clear they stuffed the ballot box in some precincts with more ballots than were ever sent. Now, you see exactly this is what I'm talking about when I say that we need to have a canvas in Texas, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to prove ballot trafficking if we don't. It's not going to prove any of that. The data they're working on right now does not prove jack. We need to have a full forensic, thorough audit of the Texas four counties in question, and that needs to include a canvas. Don't make me go Karen on you. It says, your favorite Republican candidate was steadily outperforming the Republican share of mail-in ballots by 3%, while Joe Biden was underperforming Democrats by 3%. But when mail-in ballots started pouring in way higher than normal, that's at over 87% higher, this trend flipped. In other words, when it was clear Trump was going to win... That's when they swung into action. As more mail-in ballots poured in and increased by 1%, Trump's performance decreased by 1%, while Biden's increased. And that's not all, ladies and gentlemen. It continues with uh, charts and graphs. Check this out. Now, this is all on Pima County, right? Pima County mail-in ballots returned rate by precincts. Now, um, that's the graph there, percent mail-in ballots received versus ballots mailed out. Another case of more ballots received than more ballots mailed. Huh. Wonder what's up with that. It says the precincts above 92% mail-in return rate represented 264,000 votes. If just 2% are fraudulent, meaning Trump votes went to Biden... That would be enough to change the so-called margin in Arizona of 10,457 votes. The Department of Justice has had this information since the November 2020 election and has done nothing with it. The Pima County GOP should start a canvas of Republican voters in order to identify and remove the obvious fictitious voters from the system. In addition, the Arizona audit found tens of thousands of illegal votes, including 6,545 mail-in ballots with no envelopes, 2,580 bad signatures on mail-in ballot envelopes, and 1919 1,919 mail-in ballots envelopes with no signature, which is also determinative and more than the margin. Either a new election should immediately take place or the past election should be decertified and the Republican candidates declared the winner. Here's another page with uh, some uh, Dr. Shiva graphs, if I might say. It says, as more and more mail-in ballots were stuffed into the system, Biden's numbers shot way up, but they overplay their hand and got caught. Two precincts in Pima had over 100% turnout for mail-in ballots, which is impossible. And 40 precincts had over 97% returned. The national mail-in ballot return rate 
was 71%. But in Pima County, the mail-in ballot rate return, the mail-in ballot return rate was 15% higher and 19% higher than all the counties combined in the entire state of Arizona. One precinct with 99.5% mail-in turnout had 9,812 ballots counted. Another precinct with 100.6% turnout had 2,182 ballots returned, but only 2,170 mail-ins were ever sent. These two total 11,994 ballots alone more than the margin needed to win. Turnout rates of 99% and 100% is what you get in a third world country. And that's what we're becoming. Look at crime, the border, Afghanistan, food prices, energy prices, the energy store, uh, the empty store shelves, etc. Unless this is fixed immediately. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. Now there's a statement from the president, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sea Report coming to you live on this Friday evening at 8 p.m., we're live here at the foxhole.atpill.net, um, um, twitch.tv, and CloudHub. Welcome, welcome, welcome. In fact, here we go again. Just kidding. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. <laughs> okay, let's go on to uh, President Trump's next statement. It says, uh, what does it say? It says, isn't it terrible? that all of Andrew McCabe's benefits, pensions, salary, etc., were just fully reinstated by the Justice Department? This is yet another mockery to our country. Among other things, McCabe's wife received hundreds of thousands of dollars in campaign contributions from Hillary Clinton and the Democrats while Crooked Hillary was under investigation. Which was quickly dropped, of course. What a bad chapter this has been for the uh, once-storied FBI. I hate to see it happening. So many great people work there. Next thing you know, the two lovers, Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, will be getting awards for what they did, and Hunter Biden will be given a clean bill of health on everything done by him with everyone to receive as payment a beautiful Hunter Biden-inspired painting selling at your local art gallery for $500,000. While I have never painted before, Hunter has inspired me to immediately begin painting because I've always felt I have a talent at that and could surely get at least $2 million per canvas and probably a lot more. I will begin immediately. Our country is crooked as hell. President Trump. Oh, my President Trump. <sighs> President Trump is going to become an artist. Do you understand the uh, the mockery? Do y'all understand the... Uh... <laughs> it's quite funny for artists who've been starving for a while. 
that uh, people like Hunter Biden and dare I say President Trump could be like, oh yeah, I was a president. I'm going to start to doodle. <laughs> I'm going to start a doodling and a painting and see how much money I can make. I mean, really, that is the mockery that uh, Hunter Biden and the Biden family have made of you know, fine arts, if you want to call it that in some instances at all, period. And here yet you still have Artists Alliance across the country backing up Hayden Lion Biden, the pedo Joe, uh, not even for once taking into account the fact that they have made a mockery of their life's misery, being a starving artist, and uh, they can get away with it just because they have a name. They have a name that could get away with being a lying artist. It's insane, ladies and gentlemen. It's Yeah, you're right, Just V. We should all become artists. Never mind the artists who've been trying to do this for a long time. <laughs> thank you for gifting the shade, sweetie. I appreciate it. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie. Glad you all could join us here tonight over at the Sea Report. Glad you all could join us. It's a Friday night, guys. You know, it's raining here in Texas. The traffic is backing up. There's jams all over the place. The free market rains. Exactly, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. We'll leave it there. Uh, let's see what else we got coming up tonight. Oh, <laughs> okay. For this one, guys, I have to add, we're done with the President Trump statements. Okay. <laughs> we're done with the President Trump statements. I promise. But now we have a little bit of President Trump news. So uh, this this little bit of news I have with President Trump, okay? You guys need to decide right here and now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Y'all decide what you think is better, okay? Do you think it's a El Presidente No Conoscos Trump and Mexico? Do you think that should be it? El Presidente No Sabo or No Sabes No Sab Sab Sabar. <laughs> He's like, yo soy Presidente Trump, no sabo mexicano. <laughs> you think that one work? What about this one? Oh, dang it. Jocelyn. What the heck, Jocelyn? Are you, she just has to be involved in everything that Jocelyn Benson. Get out of here, Jocelyn. This was not your time to shine, okay? This is El Presidente's time to shine. Thank you very much. I tell you, those secretaries of snakes, they pop up anywhere they damn well please. Okay, so we have El Presidente No Sabo, right? We have, uh, <laughs> I think this one was my favorite, okay? <laughs> I think this one was my favorite. We got uh, El Presidente Trumpo, okay? It's simple as that. El Presidente Trumpo, okay? No mas, no mas, no menos, El Presidente Trumpo. We got another one? Ah, where is the third one? There's a third will here somewhere, oh. He's missing, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Okay, fine. We're just going to go with El Presidente Trumpo. Okay, no mas, no menos. All right? That's what we're going to go with right now, right here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. There we go. I like my El Presidente in El Sombrero. Ladies and gentlemen. Why is President Trump wearing a, uh, a machete mustache and a sombrero hat? You might be wanting to know. It's because, ladies and gentlemen, this next story, ladies and gentlemen, all I got to say is uh, they're going after Trump. They are going again. They are going after President Trump again, ladies and gentlemen. They're always doing this. 
This time we have a group of victim Mexicans. A group of victim Mexicans, ladies and gentlemen. They're like, oh yes, we got attacked because President Trump said we were rape. And everyone's like, oh my God, you people of Mexico, you got attacked because President Trump said you are a rapist? And they're like, yes. Le dije, we're rapists. Racists? No, not racists. Rapists. You are rapists. But we all know that that's not what President Trump said, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless, some Bronx judge has decided to put President Trump under L sombrero with um, charges that he might be, in fact, responsible for the, um, for the actions that were taken against a group of sleeping Mexicans over in New York City. The Bronx. Were they sleeping? No, they probably weren't sleeping. We Mexicans don't sleep. But uh, President Trump was ordered to give a videotaped deposition about the matter. Ladies and gentlemen, this should be fun. Now, I'm pretty sure that uh, President Trump's deposition on this matter, I, I would imagine it'd be colorful. It'd be probably straightforward. I imagine that the left would say President Trump is no better than Eric Coomer of, you know, Dominion, who uh, couldn't help but say that he hated President Trump on camera. You know, they're going to be like President Trump. But did you not say in this text message to Hunter Biden, Mexicans are nothing but and criminals and drug dealers. And then he'll have to be like, no, I didn't say that. Uh, if you look closely at the phone number listed, it's a digit off from the White House. <laughs> or, or maybe, oh, wait, did you happen to look at the date? Uh, the fellow uh, fair depositioner, uh, did you not notice that uh, this date, dated phone number from the White House was when uh, Joe Biden was uh, <laughs> calling out the help? Anyways, yeah, he's going to he's 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 been ordered to give a deposition. President Trump has. Now, um. This is happening because um, allegedly President Trump uh, said that um, all illegal aliens pouring over the border from Mexico into America were rapists and felons and drug dealers. He didn't say that. All he said is they're not the brightest bunch of the crew. I mean, can you really hold that against him? It's not like they're sending over, uh, you know, rocket scientists or astronauts for, Ma for MASA. Yeah, of course, you guys all know what MASA is, right? The Mexican Aeronautical Space Agency. Hello. <laughs> we don't got people from MASA coming over to the United States of America, do we? Sue me, South Park. Sue me. Okay, I had to borrow the bit. ABC News reported former President Donald Trump. Now, this is ABC News said former president, not me. I always say 45th president. Now, uh, 45th President Donald Trump must sit on a videotaped deposition next week as part of a lawsuit involving his anti-immigrant rhetoric, which we all know if you go back and you listen to the videos and you watch and you read the statements, there was never anything anti-immigrant about it. It was about being an illegal human in our country. <gasps> 
Mr. C said illegal human for the second night in a row. If you are here illegally, you are a human that is illegal in our country. Do I need, I'm not mincing or parsing my words, ladies and gentlemen, a group of Mexican protesters, and they might actually take ABC News up on that claim as well. But a group of Mexican protesters said that they were assaulted during a rally outside of Trump Tower in September of 2015. And trust me, their assault had nothing to do with them being outside of a Trump Tower. It had everything to do with then-candidate President Trump's comments that Mexican migrants were criminals and rapists. Makes no sense, ladies and gentlemen. The lawsuit named Trump his campaign, and his former head of security, Keith Schiller, and others. Keith Schiller, that name sounds pretty familiar to me. What's going on with that? Am I having one of those, uh, I don't know. Am I having one of those golden moments? <laughs> Where I can't remember what Keith Schiller is all about. Keith Schiller. Not the same Schiller, but worth noting. Okay. Um, Donald J. Trump shall appear for a deposition on October 18th, 2021 at 10 a.m. So saith Judge Doris Gonzalez of the Bronx, stating that uh, in the event of an emergency or an illness or any other mutually agreed date, it should happen on or before October 31st. So uh, that's something to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. El Presidente going before uh, the Bronx Court District to uh, give a deposition. Should be interesting. Should be worth noting. I'm sure they'll reveal that uh, deposition to everyone so soon. Next story for tonight in regards, this is another one in regards to President Trump. Didn't you guys know that President Trump, now he knows how to rap? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's a good old hip-hop, bebop, dance till you drop, um, you know, a, a, a woke and based patriot. That's uh, President Trump. Yep, he's a woke and based patriot because Lord knows we don't just base our turkeys on Thanksgiving. We base our patriots as well. Let's see here. Another hate group, ladies and gentlemen, another hate group has emerged. This uh, hate group is just like the Lincoln Project. In fact, they took about half their name. This is the Republican Accountability Project. Okay. Republican Accountability Project. Another Trump hate group has emerged. Did I qualify that statement by calling them a hate group? Nah, they're a Trump hate group. Uh, they have sprouted up and they want to end President Trump and they want to end any efforts that he has for re-election. The uh, Re Republican Accountability Project, much like the Lincoln Project, are a whole bunch of uh, rhino pedophiles. Just kidding. I really don't know if uh, all of the members of the Republican Accountability Project are rhino pedophiles, but we can say for a fact that they are rhinos. Okay, to be within our legal bounds here at the Sea Report. They seem to have put out a whole bunch of, uh, oh, wait, here we go. This is so you can see. Indeed, I, 
when I say that RAP stands for Republican Accountability Project, I'm not lying, honey. I'm not lying. But they have put out a whole bunch of billboards all across America that say Trump lost no more audits. Wonder what else they're going to go for, this Republican Accountability Project. Do you think that they'll go for high schoolers that are looking to be um, apprentices? Because that's what the uh, Lincoln Project did. In fact, that's where they kept most of their time and efforts into finding those uh, young log cabin Republicans that are still in the halls of high school that might want to learn at their um, desk counter knee pads, something like that. Anyways, these gangsters at the Republican Accountability Project apparently have a lot of money to throw around, just like the uh, Lincoln Project did. Again, the Lincoln Project is that, uh, I don't know, they tend to like younger high schoolers. They tend to look for that kind of a crowd to join their uh, ranks. But uh, just you're probably going to hear more about rap, ladies and gentlemen. You're probably going to have a bunch of uh, pencil-necked, log-cabin Republican rhinos come out and literally, ladies and gentlemen, one will be beatboxing and one will be rapping about how uncool President Trump is. I guarantee it, ladies and gentlemen. If it doesn't happen by the time I get back from Vegas, guys, I owe you $5, okay? <laughs> <clears throat> Let's talk about fraud she, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about fraud she. Let's jump into that topic head first, because we got Garland next. Fraud she will always, always and forever just be behind bars, in my opinion. Hmm. That's where the man belongs, after all. I mean, the man belongs behind bars. He's done nothing but lie. Ladies and gentlemen, he's lied, he's propagandized, he's uh, he's destroyed the nation, he's destroyed the planet. He's got a big hand in it anyways, but uh, it appears that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, in light of what's going on with the strikes happening around the country with uh, Southwest Airlines being one of those, they're not going to be the last one. I can guarantee it. They're not going to be the last one. But uh, Dr. Frouchy comes out on uh, on national television, guys, just on Wednesday. And uh, he seems to think that um, these vaccine COVID-19 inoculation mandates for employers to enforce, to rape their workers with, uh, has nothing to do with what's going on at Southwest Airlines. It has nothing to do with these federal overreaching mandates that uh, are not even law. They're more of a recommendation, you know. But uh, they're still causing all of these uh, woke and based, you know, employers to, like, force it on their employees. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I, I mean, sorry, I sorry, guys. I know I've been using the word based. I'm probably using it wrong. I just don't know any patriot that. Anyways, okay, it's like woke. I don't know. You know, guys. You know, I know I might be breaking with a lot of you guys on this next statement, but uh, you know, you know, fuck Joe Biden, right? 
fuck Joe Biden. We don't need let's go Brandon. You know, I, I, I you know, I just I kind of feel like that's just a way for us to. Uh, no, it's not even us. You know what it is? It is it is the uh, controlled opposition public relations firm for the Patriots and the White Hats that publicize the hell out of phrases like let's go Brandon, not to uh, strip the joy away from our lives, ladies and gentlemen, but to assist the deep state and to assist the black hats in ensuring that whenever we think about fucking Joe Biden, all we're thinking about is letting Brandon go. Does that make sense? I don't know. This might be a little bit too early of a conversation for the C report, but uh, it happens once or twice here, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, one of those weekends. We'll be in Las Vegas next week. We got a lot going on here, okay? The pressure is on, ladies and gentlemen. The pressure is on. So let's talk a little bit about this Fauci thing again and his let's go, Brandon, let's go to jail. Okay, all right. <clears throat> now, he doesn't seem to think that uh, these mandates are affecting anything to do with the airlines, are affecting anything to do with, you know, people standing up and going on strike. Uh, let me see. I think I got a video here. Do I have a video here? I might have a video here. Let's see. Man, this, uh, oh, no wonder. <laughs> Let me get this cord plugged into my laptop. That might help a little bit. Come on, then. You can do it. We've got dead air. Here we go. It's, it's starting to come together a little bit at a time. Look at that. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. We've got it going. It's being, uh, computers being totally lazy today. Ladies and gentlemen, being totally lazy. Oh, there's Jocelyn Benson again. She just couldn't help but to pop up on. <laughs> she couldn't help but to pop up on the screen, guys. I cannot help it. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay, so while the screen is figuring out what it wants to do with itself, like I was saying, we have a backlash coming out uh, from several markets, several places in what is going on here. Several places, uh, people are going to go on strike. Businesses, unions, interesting enough. Now, I'm not big on unions at all whatsoever, guys. I'm not. Um, but I do find it. There we go. There we go. There we go. I do find it rather interesting that unions are the ones that are basically standing up to Biden and these overreaching mandates. They are quite overreaching because it was the unions that uh, they pulled together in order to ensure that President Trump, um, not it wasn't so much that he was not elected president. It was so much that any uh, any cries of foul, any cries of foul would be held silent. That's what was going on with the unions and the big business and also you know, politicians. They wanted to make sure no one cried foul. They wanted to make sure everyone stayed silent and did as they were told the unions did. If you guys remember that uh, uh, 
New York Times article that came out back in February. Anyhow, uh, let's see what Fauci has to say in regards to the airline workers. Let's uh, see what he's got. You guys know what he's got to say. Let's see what he's got to say. Oh, wait, 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 I forgot. We're going to get the, uh, we're going to get the, uh, sound quality a thousand percent good. Okay. I think we're good. All right, let's go. Hi, thank you uh, for taking the question. Um, I have a question about airline pilots. Commercial airline pilots are held to pretty high physical fitness standards. They undergo medical evaluation every six months to maintain their medical certificate to fly. And uh, pilots at American and Southwest Airlines in particular uh, are arguing that some pilots may be reluctant to get vaccinated because of concerns about potential uh, for career-ending side effects. They know that, you know, the FAA's federal air surgeon has ordered pilots not to fly for 48 hours after each shot because of the immediate side effects. They're concerned there could be long-term side effects that could uh, cause them to then lose their medical certification and thus lose their jobs and their livelihoods. So is this a valid concern? What are the potential long-term side effects, if any, if, uh, if a pilot is vaccinated? Let me turn to Dr. Uh, Fauci about the safety and effectiveness of the vaccines. Dr. Fauci. Thank you, Jeff. Well, right now, on the basis of literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of vaccinations that we've had, the safety of these vaccines have been clearly established. When you look at immediate reactogenicity, that's what the airlines are talking about, about not having a person fly for, I believe, 24 to 48 hours after, because we do know that it is not uncommon to get a sore arm or to maybe get a low-grade fever or some aches that almost invariably diminish and dissipate over a period of a couple of days. The long-term effects that the people are apparently concerned about really have with, with I'm sure there is a very, 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 very rare exception, but the long-term effects are really essentially non-existent in the sense of anything that has been a red flag on the part of the follow-up of these individuals. So although one, I guess, can theoretically say, I'm concerned about a long-term effect, the fact of the safety and the follow-up over now, over a considerable period of time, almost a year in so many individuals, we have just not seen that. So we don't really see any true basis in that concern. And Jeff, if I could just add also, I exactly totally agree with what Dr. Fauci said. I would also note that serious side effects with the vaccines are very rare. We have a lot of data to show that. But consider the alternative. If pilots get COVID-19, the consequences to their health can be significant. The more we've learned... Blah! Ladies and gentlemen, blah! Here you have another little panty boy marine judge... He's like, uh, uh, side effects are very rare. Uh, death is very rare. Uh, catching COVID is very rare from the vaccines. Now consider if you're a pilot and you get COVID-19, that's going to be a lot worse than having a vaccine with side effects. I can't. These people are liars. They're lying. They are lying, they are defrauding, they are killing, they are enabling. It's terrible, it's bad, it's worse than worse. 
they got to go. They've got to learned about COVID. We've learned that it not only impacts the lungs, but it can impact the nervous system, the cardiovascular system. It can impact the kidneys. It can impact many systems in our body. Uh, this is a serious uh, infection. So the best way to protect. Of course, this guy doesn't talk about how uh, um, the, the lungs, the liver, the kidney, every other piece of uh, organ or flesh in your body is also possibly going to be adversely affected by Corona. And, and, and when did this guy, when did anyone say, when did anyone say that COVID-19 can affect every single uh, organ system in your body? When was that a thing? Is this guy just created a brand new mythology uh, based on this idiot's uh, say-so? The rest of the Americas and the world are going to have to deal with uh, uh, people dying from, uh, you know, liver damage because of COVID-19. That was never the case before. Why is it the case now? But does it have something to do with the vaccine? This guy is totally off his rocker. He was probably doing poppers all night long. Probably, you know, whatever the heck he's doing, it makes no sense. And they get to get away with this kind of lie. It's ridiculous yourself against long-term health consequences is actually to get vaccinated. Yeah, and then Jeff, one other thing also to emphasize when pilots worry about impact on their career, we know that anywhere from 10 to 30% of people who get COVID, even when they recover from the organ system issues of COVID, they can get what's called long COVID. And we have examples of people they may not necessarily be pilots. Maybe there are some who actually have gotten COVID and have had an unexplained but real impacting on their ability to function normally. So to, just to underscore what Dr. Murthy said, getting COVID is far, far worse than getting vaccinated. It is absolutely certain. certain. Wonderful. Wonderful. Next one. Oh, getting COVID is far, far worse than actually getting vaccinated for certain. Absolutely. A hundred percent, says Dr. Fauci. Oh, my goodness. This is this is just all documentation, guys. All of this is nothing more than documentation. And um, that documentation is towards their treason. That's exactly what that is, guys. It's ridiculous that these people can say what they say and get away with it. R really, it quite, it quite honestly, it is. You guys know it. You guys know it for a fact. In your hearts, in your souls, you guys know it. It's insane. But um, so they're, they're out there spouting their untruths, right? They're out there saying what they got to say, doing what they do etc. It's all false. It's all fake. It's all phony. It's not true. Uh, but we got more pushback. You got Southwest Airlines to the detriment of my voyage this upcoming week to Las Vegas. You know, the Pilots Association, the union, has decided that they're not going to comply. And uh, hence, we have this shutdown. They're still in their bargaining phase. But uh, Southwest is not the only one, even though Southwest has the full backing of the Texas government, but they don't seem to care about that either. Southwest doesn't. We got this, the uh, Sheet Metal Air Rail and Transportation Union, otherwise known as SMART, and their 203,000 members announcing that they are going to take a stand against these forced vaccines. <clears throat> 
SMART, which is the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers, is one of North America's most dynamic and diverse unions with 203,000 members. The union consists of sheet metal workers, service technicians, bus operators, engineers, conductors, sign workers, welders, production employees, and more. SMART is the largest railroad operating union in North America with more than 500 transportation locales. And on Thursday of this week, we had SMART Union General Chair, Chairperson Roy Davis send a letter over to advise Union Pacific Company that SMART Union strongly disagrees with the company's unilateral requirement for COVID vaccinations. Now, what SMART is demanding is that they are demanding an immediate response, and they also demand that Carrier negotiates in good faith. This is a huge move by America's Transportation Employees Union. Now, uh, here is one of those letters. We've got two for you, ladies and gentlemen, to uh, gander over with myself. Um, now, this is, again, from SMART, the Transportation Division. This is to advise that the organization strongly disagrees with carriers actions to unilaterally require a vaccination as a condition of employment. We understand that OSHA has issued a federal requirement, but carrier has, has created new working conditions without negotiations with the organization. We also recognize the seriousness of the pandemic, but such does not permit Carrier to institute an arbitrary policy, which will have a sweeping effect on the current working conditions at Union Pacific Railroad, rather than negotiate an agreement. As the parties are currently uh, in Section 8 bargaining, Carrier is required to maintain the status quo this sweeping change to the current working conditions does not meet the standards as contained in the Railway Labor Act. The act mandates that carriers and representatives of the employees shall give the at least 30 days written notice of an intended change in agreements, effective rates of pay, rules, or working conditions, and the time and place for the beginning of a, a conference between the representatives of the party uh, party's interest in such intended changes shall be agreed upon within 10 days after the receipt of said notice and said time shall be within the 30 days provided in the notice. So that one's one there. This one is another. Uh, this one's also from SMART and this one's going out uh, to Brother Ferguson. It says, Brother Ferguson, it is with grave concern that we write to request that immediate court action be taken against Union Pacific as it has changed the working conditions of TE and Y employees through implementation, implementation of a policy instead of bargaining with the organization. On October 11, 2021, Union Pacific notified employees that it would comply with the van, uh, vaccine mandate and require all TE and Y employees to be vaccinated for COVID-19 by December 8th, 2021. Employees who do not comply by that date will be medically disqualified. We adamantly uh, believe that the terms of a vaccine mandate must be negotiated so as to protect 
the membership, ladies and gentlemen. I find it rather interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, though I do not side with unions, it is in fact unions finding the only legal measure to combat these overreaching mandates, which it's been pointed to my attention at least a few times that uh, the, these are not, these are more recommendations, even as an executive order set out by illegitimate Joe, it was more of a press conference. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's really the word that I'm hearing on this entire, and I've looked it up. I've searched, are these EO signed? Are they certified by uh, you know an attorney general? What the heck? But um, really the people of the world, so the businesses of the world, they're running away with them as if they were the rule of law and they're pressuring their employees under duress to get vaccinated with an experimental gene therapy serum or gene, gene serum modification serum or whatever it is that these things are going to do. We don't really know. But uh, smart is standing up to it because smart is smart. And when you're smart, you're smart. And if you're smart, you're smart. And that's what smart's doing. But smart is not the only one. It appears that we also have the Fraternal Order of Police Chicago Lodge number seven. They're also standing up to Now, keep in mind, you know, when we're talking about law enforcement and uh law enforcement agencies, you're more likely to see pushback against mandatory vaccines in those instances than you are from like your everyday, like, I don't know, school, teachers, association, whatever. But uh, in regards to the Chicago Police Union, it appears that uh, the union boss has told the officers to defy city vaccine deadlines. So again, we're seeing a lot of pushback here. It's not just coming from a few, uh, a few, um, you know, tinfoil hatted patriots scattered around the country. Okay. Now uh, the union boss's name, that's a uh, Chicago police union um, boss, John Catanzara, Catanzara. I wanted to say Constanza, but the same in an episode of Seinfeld. So we're going to say Catanzara. He advised police officers not to comply with the city's COVID-19 mandatory vaccine and reporting requirements. Again, we're seeing unions being the only ones that seem to have this uh, staying power against these vaccine mandates. It's like if you're standing on your own, you can't do it. But if you have a union behind you, you can. And again, I'm not a big union fan, guys, at all whatsoever. The Chicago Tribune reported that the head of Chicago's police union advised officers not to comply with the city's COVID-19 vaccine reporting requirements and says members should be willing to be sent home without pay rather than submit to the shot mandate for city workers. Now, there's the man right there, not the one in the back with the scar on his face, but the one right here at the forefront. That is one John Cataranza. Catanzara, 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 okay? Now, uh, Mr. Catanzara, with city employees' vaccine uh, status deadline on Friday, he, as the Fraternal Order Police Local 7 president, said in a video posted on Tuesday 
that the union has filed a labor grievance against the city and plans to pursue legal action to fight this mandate. Mayor Lori Zombie Lesbian Lightfoot asked about his comments at an unrelated news conference on Wednesday, said, said that he's threatening litigation. I say bring it. She's one tough dyke that Lori Lightfoot is. She is one tough dyke for being half dead and looking like a zombie. She tells this man to bring it. She's like, oh, yeah, you Italian, you got a penis, bring it. I'm Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago. All right, Lori, we'll see what's up with that. For Chicago public schools, employees are not fully vaccinated. Um, employees who are not fully vaccinated against COVID-19 by Friday's deadline will be able to still work until Monday but they will have to undergo weekly testing at their schools and their districts. John Catanzara announced he will go into a no-pay status following the deadline if necessary. Uh, what Cataranza is encouraging is he's encouraging rank-and-file officers not to report their vaccine status to the city portal and instead to fill out forms citing conscientious objection to the vaccine mandate. He has advised them to report to work Friday with the assumption that they would be sent home. And he said that he himself again would forego pay. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a man right there. That is John Cataranza. Catanzara. You guys want to hear what he's got to say? Let's listen to this guy. Let's listen to this man talking out against that dyke, Lori Lightfoot. Uh, it is Tuesday morning. I hope everybody had a good weekend. This is a live update on the vaccine. So we posted information about a noon deadline to the city to respond to our latest uh, correspondence. As many of you can guess, the city ignored that 12 o'clock deadline, didn't even respond. Go to hell. Shouldn't be a surprise. The reality is the city acknowledged from the beginning their obligation to bargain in good faith over this subject. They have refused. And because they have refused and put a line in the sand and said it's take it or leave it pretty much, that's why we're at where we're at. That being said, going forward, here's where we're at. This afternoon, we're notifying the city of the demand for expedited arbitration along with filing a unfair labor practice with the labor board. Tomorrow we will be filing court paperwork for a temporary restraining order and try and get some relief in the courts uh, and see where we go from there. What does that mean to the membership? This is very clearly not a job action, not a call for a strike, none of that illegal stuff that I'm sure the city is going to try and make it out to be. If the city maintains its current course, come midnight, on Thursday slash Friday morning, members will be forced into a no pay status that did not complete the portal information or subject to testing thereafter. That's their last position. Here's our position. The city from the beginning has said that the religious exemption is the same as the conscientious exemption allowed under state statute. It is not. It is totally separate. 
but they have not made an accommodation for that separate exemption. We will. We're going to provide three forms later today for religious, for medical, and for the conscientious exemption. We're asking members to submit those on Thursday, not anytime sooner. Submit those all on Thursday. Give everything at one time, and that's it. Do not fill out the portal information. You are under no obligation to do that other than the city's demand. Once you do that, we can never get that information back. We have no assurances from the city that that is secure, what that information is, is going to entail as far as going forward, who it's going to be shared with, etc. That is all part of the subjected mandatory bargaining that they have refused to do to this point. So do not fill out the portal information. That leads to some further questions. John, that's going to put us in a no-pay status come midnight. I understand that. And just so you all know, in solidarity, starting at midnight, I will myself go into a no-pay status as your president because I think it's the right thing to do. I've made my status very clear as far as the vaccine, but I do not believe the city has the authority to mandate that to anybody, let alone that information about your medical history and change the terms of employment, so to speak, on the fly, and you have to comply. So what happens if you go into a no-pay status? Well, many of you are getting phone calls, whether you're on furlough or on the medical or IOD right now from sergeants and lieutenants. That was a department directive. Those lieutenants are simply following the department order. They're putting together spreadsheets so officers can't say, I didn't know. They're documenting the date and time that you were notified. So again, it's no big deal. It's harassing, I know, it's a pain in the ass, but it's the city's clear attempt to force officers to chicken little the sky is falling into compliance. Do not fall for it. Hold the line. The simple fact that they keep putting out public statements, emails, and having bosses call you means one thing. Our members are holding the line. And officers from all ranks are not going into that portal. They clearly must have a very, very low cooperation level, which is good. It's information they shouldn't be entitled to. But once that Friday midnight comes, uh, you will be in a no-paid status. It will be a non-disciplinary no-pay status. That non-disciplinary no-pay status has still not even been clarified by Management Labor Affairs or the department or the city attorneys on what exactly that is, because it is a new category that doesn't currently exist. Um, those days would be theoretically treated such as suspension dates. They would push back your pension. You'd have to make up those days past your anniversary date, et cetera. But the moment someone goes into a no-pay status, we already have the language drafted for a class action grievance for all members affected. That will be submitted without delay. Anybody who does go into that no-pay status, we're asking you to call the lodge come Friday so we can keep track of everybody that is in that status so we can include them in that class action grievance going forward. All I can tell you is if we suspect the numbers are true and we get a large number of our members to stand firm on their beliefs that this is an overreach and they're not going to supply the information in the portal or submit the testing, then it's safe to say the city of Chicago will have a police force at 50% or less for this weekend coming up. That is not because of the FOP. That is 100% because of the mayor's unwillingness to budge from her hard line. 
So whatever happens because of that manpower issue, that falls at the mayor's doorstep. This could have all been avoided, but it literally has been like everything else with this mayor for the last two and a half years. Do it or else, because I said so. Well, we say otherwise. The exemptions, like I said, we're going to have those out later today. Fill out one of the three and submit it. It's very likely the city is going to reject the conscientious objection exemption request because they're not acknowledging it to this point. But again, that is state statute. You are entitled to submit it. And we want the, the city to take a position formally on that so we can take that to court also. Insurance. When you get suspended from the police department until your 30th day, you, your insurance continues. After that, you're going to be responsible for yourself. I can guarantee you the no pay status will never last 30 days. There's no way they're going to be able to sustain a police department workforce at 50% capacity or less for more than seven days without something budging. Um, but again, that's because they're the ones drawing the line in the sand. You have to make a decision what's best for you and your family personally, financially, and everything else that you're going to take into consideration when you make that decision. Um, we'll be here. We'll be answering calls as you bring them in. I'm not going to be able to cover all the what ifs, but uh, we will be filing a grievance to get whatever pay lost and benefits, you know, your, your contributions, everything under the sun will be covered in that class action grievance down the road. We all know when the teachers go on strike uh, for five, six, 10 days, the first thing they do is say, you have to pay us for those days we were off. Well, this is a lockout. We're certainly going to demand the city pay our members for the days they lock us out going forward. Um, that's all I have right now. As we file the court challenge tomorrow, I will update you yet again. Um, if the city still doesn't want to come and negotiate like civilized human beings, well, then I guess we'll progress what we do going forward tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, stay tuned for that update. Strange times we're in. Um, stay tuned is all I could say. Thank you. Yeah, just a couple quick points because the phones are still blowing up here. You will report to work for your Friday tour of duty and be sent home for not being in the portal. That's the plan going forward. You have to show up to work and have the city lieutenant, sergeant, whoever, send you home because you are in an OPA status. But make sure you show up to work. If you have time due in already granted for this weekend coming up and you go into that no pay status at midnight, those slips are basically tossed out. Um, just so you understand that. If at any point you decide you want to go back into a paid status, you simply go into the portal, you supply the information, and at that point, you would be put back into a no pay status being in compliance with the city's position at that point. The exemptions will be posted on the Lodge website later this afternoon. Again, that's the only place we're going to post them is on the Lodge website, so you can click the links and print them from there. Um, there'll be a lot of questions and phone calls coming in. We are going to have a special membership meeting tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. at the Lodge for anybody to come and address their concerns, questions, comments, you name it, 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Please 
don't blow up the phones here. Uh, we got a lot of normal business we're taking care of. If you have questions, save them for tomorrow night if you can and come in and ask them in person. I'm sure there's going to be some things that are going to get addressed that haven't been discussed yet. I can't possibly include every little caveat or what if in these videos, but that's the general theme going forward. Uh, with that being said, have a good night. See some of you tomorrow. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So there you have it. A quick word from um, one of the presidents for the Fraternal Order of Police in Chicago. Yeah, I hear that, Shanjo. Uh, Shanjo says all these police forces got to get rid of all the Masonic imagery. Sure, it's there for a reason, all seeing eye, checkerboard floor. I'm sure that these uh, mason hammers are there for some reason as well that I might not be able to expand upon at this day and time, at this moment. But I feel you. So, yeah, they're not the only ones, uh, these airline pilots. A lot of them, guys, are, are going into a type of strike. We'll see how, um, how that pans out for the government. Think about what happened in Australia with the construction workers, guys. Now, that got pretty ugly pretty quick. <clears throat> totally understandable when you consider um, the position that the people of Australia, particularly in that state, have been in and under since this entire lockdown fiasco began. Uh, but very interesting, guys. Now, they're not the only ones, these uh, police officers. Let's talk about one last one that I think... They're not on strike, okay? They're not on strike yet. But I find the next group that we're going to consider to actually be a very, um, a very uh, provocative group to be in the same cat. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's the dyke. Apparently, I'm not done with this story yet. Let me finish it. <laughs> Let me finish it. Okay. Do you want a better picture? Do you want a better picture? There. Does that make you feel better? Okay. <laughs> Larry Lightfoot Dyke. Don't tell me she has a husband, y'all. With like, like, don't tell me she has a cis, ah, cis male husband. Oh, what the heck does that mean? Don't tell me she has a genuinely male biological spouse. Is that true? I don't know. I've never dug into Lori Lightfoot. All I know is she looks like a raging lesbian minus about 40 pounds of a friend that I used to have here in Texas. They look almost exactly the same, dying in the face with other unmentionable features that I will not say lest you call me a racist and get me canceled. Lori Lightfoot looks just like a raging lesbian, you know? that would run out butt naked in the cold of Christmas night and scream to Yahweh that uh, you need to destroy all the homosexuals. So this is the kind of person that she looks like to me. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just saying, guys. Anyways, okay. I know, I know Mr. C in the Dark is seeping over into the C report a little bit tonight. I apologize, but uh, deal with it. So what is Mary, Mary, Lord, 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 Mary Lightfoot. What does Mayor Lightfoot, Lori Little Lightfoot over here in Chicago got to say about that? Aside from bring it, aside from bring it, Joe Catazarno. Uh, she says, we'll see what happens. 
I'm a cavalier lesbian, as you can see. I do everything by the uh, the draw of my <laughs> gun here. She says, you know, John Catanzara says a lot of things. And a lot of it is offensive and racist and foolish, says Mayor Lightfoot. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can get his legs over mine and that scissor competition. We'll be prepared for any eventuality, says Lightfoot. Yeah, Mayor Lightfoot. That's what you got to say about that. But what do you have to say about this, Mayor Lightfoot? When over, over 40% of the TSA, that's right, the Transportation Security Agency Administration, over 40% of them are not even vaccinated. Oh, and yet they can still run around haplessly throughout the uh, airline concourse, ladies and gentlemen. It makes no sense. I mean, you got um, Southwest Airlines, all these airlines just kind of like buckling. And yet you have over 40% of the TSA who are there to, uh, you know, um, fill up their customers and uh, grab the groin are not even vaccinated. They're not even, you know why over 40% of the TSA is not vaccinated? Probably because over 40% of their workforce is minority. And now because of these overreaching Biden vaccine mandates, it looks like we're going to lose over 40% of the TSA workforce. Because no president has been more successful at cutting the government payroll dole than President-elect Biden, right? Something to be grateful for or not. Let's take a gander. Let's take a close up at the the strong TSA workforce here, ladies and gentlemen, that refuse to get vaccinated. Around 40% or more of the Transportation Security Agency employees remain unvaccinated, unvaccinated against COVID-19 planned pandemic. And uh, they have a deadline, ladies and gentlemen. They have until November. Okay. We have about 60% of our workforce with one vaccination. And uh, that number needs to go quite a bit higher over the next few weeks, says David Pekoski of the TSA administration team. Now, he's the head administrator, this David Pekoski. He says, we are building contingency plans for if we do have hmm, some staffing shortages, you know. Staff, they're probably going to call in the National Guard. National Guard's going to be working in the uh, the the uh, railroad union. National Guard's going to be hammering out sheet metal. National Guard's going to be covering the duties of the TSA. National Guard's going to be what working in the hospitals, taking out your appendix. National Guard, National Guard, National Guard. Ladies and gentlemen, don't like where this is going. CNN, the Communist News Network, says the November 22nd deadline for being fully vaccinated is still six weeks away, but the deadline for receiving the vaccines are rapidly approaching, or in the case of the Moderna vaccine, 
have already passed since an individual has to receive this full schedule of doses and wait two weeks before being considered fully vaccinated. In order to meet that deadline, the last possible date for receiving the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine is October 18th, while the latest possible date for the first dose of Moderna was October 11th. The Pfizer vaccine requires a three-week waiting period between first and second doses, while Moderna requires a four-week wait, ladies and gentlemen. Pardon me. Um, McCoskey, who again is the uh, TSA lead administrator, says that the TSA has already uh, had town hall meetings as part of their effort to increase inoculations among their agency employees. He's trying to give them the battle plan. Hey, we've done this, we've done that, we've done this. Still, none of our minority-serving TSA uh, employees want to get vaccinated. I don't know what's up with that. I am the boss, Lord and High. Now, on last Friday, the Friday, um, the White House announced that the U.S. will allow fully vaccinated international travelers to begin entering into the country on November 8th. And the international travelers will still be required to provide proof of negative coronavirus testing to travel in the United States. I am prepared to bend over, ladies and gentlemen, if I have to. We'll film it all and bring it to you live here at the sea. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, dare me. Okay. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways. Yeah, they're going to have some stuff to overcome with that, guys. We'll see how that goes. Wouldn't it be interesting to see about half of the TSA employee base just fall out? Fall out. Excuse me. Just fall out. Just fall out, ladies and gentlemen. Gentlemen and ladies. All right. We're almost wrapped up with today's C report. I hope you guys are doing well out there. I think we'll be going into maybe uh, 15 minutes over time or so. 15 minutes or so. We'll get you guys out of here before 10 p.m. Central Time. How's that sound? Before we get into the second to the last story for tonight, let's see what we got going on over in the chat. I know you guys have been uh, rabble-rousing over there, so to speak. Glad to have you with us. Just V, Sean Joe, Thumper Rose, WC Cranop. How's it going, sir? Hope your night's going well. Hope you got your dinner down justly, safely, and soundly before we got into uh, any of these swamp creatures here tonight. We're featuring Merrick Garland at the moment. He's our swamp creature um, um, du jour, so to speak. FMJ762 by 39. Good to see ya. El Presidente Trump lives rent-free in all liberals' heads. I would agree with that. And illegal immigrants, too, for that matter. Indeed. Indeed. FMJ 762 by 39. Glad you dropped in for a little bit and for uh, to impart some of that great knowledge unto us, sir. It's true. It is true. Sean Joe says Schiller was longtime Trump bodyguard, ex-New York City cop. Ah, very cool. Was not aware of that role of that particular Schiller. Thank you, Sean Joe, for sharing that. Uh, let's see here. What else do we got going on in the chat room tonight? 
Sean Joe with the cookie. Thank you very much. Sergeant Sparky. Abso-fucking-lutely. It was our honor. Oh, that was not even in any reference towards the Sea Report. My apologies, podcast radio, for such heinous language. Uh, just kidding. It's all good, guys. It's all good. It's Friday. It's Friday, and I'm feeling funky. So it's perfectly okay. Perfectly okay. It's 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 as okay as saying well hung six feet up before six feet under. And again, I have absolutely no idea what that type of comment is in reference to. Aurelius Locke giving Joe Biden the finger. I think that's about on par. Kiz is hanging out. Good evening, Kiz. Thumper Rose, hello again. Good to have you all with us tonight as we expand into our um, plethora of national news. Joy for Trump. May they burn in hell for their lies. And I'm sure I can agree with that in reference to any type of lies that have been held by people on tonight's show. Just V says it is a serious infection that can be cured with ivermectin or HCQ plus vitamins and minerals. 100%. Just V, don't understand what all the hoopla is about. I'm sure you guys heard about that entire uh, Joe Rogan thing and CNN and ivermectin kind of thing. I'm sure you guys heard about that. Very entertaining. We'll see where that takes us later on tonight. Hopefully it takes us somewhere. Pilled by the rabbits hanging out back up from some rabbit holes. Pilled by the rabbits got a lot of rabbit holes, if you know what I mean. He's always going down them. Uh, let's see. Oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, Thumper Rose has a very insightful question for us tonight. She wants to know, where is the Secretary of Transportation? I think he's been uh, breastfeeding for the last uh, month and a half or two months. <laughs> Thumper Rose. If he hasn't been riding his bike a block from the Capitol, uh, I mean, freshly hopping out of a truck that dropped him off, he's been breastfeeding. You know, his nipples, they've got to be pretty sore. They've got to be pretty chaffed because ain't no milk, ain't no lactation coming out of that butt gig or whatever the heck your name is, butt jig, butt gg, butt jig, butt, butt, butt geiger. I don't know. You probably, you, most people probably thought I'd be on his side. Screw that. Sh we'll save that for tonight. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else do we got going on here tonight? I think we're good there. I think we're pretty solid. Said hello to everyone that we need to say hello to, etc. Anyone else will pop up for sure. WC Cranop, thank you for the 300 gold pills. Just like this number better. I would put it on there, hoping Mr. C would use it to make WC. What are you talking about, guys, now? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to get caught up in this conversation. I sent you a pic of Lightfoot and her wife on Discord. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let me hop on to my other computer system over here. I've got to see this. What is going on here? Dr I'm not talking about you, Aurelius. I got some love hit me up here in my uh, Discord DM. Not hit me up in my Foxhole DM or chat. Oh, is that a man? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my word. Aurelius, look. Where on earth did you get such an image from? I'm sure. 
I probably should not spend the next few precious minutes of my life trying to troll Mayor Lightfoot and her spouse. <laughs> I'm just going to put Lightfoot spouse in the search. Oh, and it comes right up. I was right. She is a raging dyke. You have to be concerned about the dykes. I could tell you guys a very, very interesting story about a dyke encounter, a bull dyke encounter I had one night. But I'm not going to tell you that right now. And for everyone who's listening on the podcast, that's like, Mr. C, what are you talking about? And when are you going to share this story? All I can say is, well, maybe you should tune in to Mr. C in the dark. Maybe tonight we'll get a little dirty and down in the dark. But uh, no promises, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a busy week. And uh, I've been tired, guys. I've been tired. But that's not an excuse for anything, anything, whatever, whatever, as, you know, adult-minded drug addicts would say. I'm trying to uh, get this picture here for you guys to see. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see if this works. Because I think it is important that all of you all present here and tonight, see what keeps Lori Lightfoot up at night. <laughs> Do you guys want to see what keeps her awake in the dark? Do you want to see the reason why she's such a bludgeon mare? Oh, goodness, this doesn't even show. Lori, there you go. There's Steve. There's her, there's her spouse, Steve. Never say I don't like lesbians. I've got plenty of lesbian friends, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a Friday night edition of the Sea Report. In case you were wondering what the heck is going on. It's Friday night here at the Sea Report and uh, you are tuned in. And did we not also mention... <laughs> Did we not also mention that uh, A.G. Brnovich was playing with his nunchucks? His numb-chucks, ladies and gentlemen. His numb-chucks. Come on. A.G. Brnovich, we're counting on you. A.G. Brnovich. That's why we go like this, ladies and gentlemen. Where A.G. Brnovich is concerned, we go like this. Don't contact your elected official. Contact your elected A.G. Brnovich at 602 542 5763. That is 602-542-5763. Contact A.G. Brnovich today and tell him, put down your nunchucks and uh, put on your justice. I think it's about time we got there, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about A.G. Garland. We're going to go from one A.G. to another, from A.G. Brnovich to A.G. Garland. What the heck, A.G. Garland? Why are you out in the news so much this week, A.G. Garland? I mean, uh, first things first, A.G. Garland, we find out that you want to uh, deem the parents of America as what? Terrorists, A.G. Garland? Contact your local representative. The switchboard number is right there on the crease of my forehead. Do you see where Mount Vesuvius so eloquently meets the rest of the mountain of Mars up here on the switchboard? You see it? Call them and be like, hey, A.G. Garland supports critical race theory and his son-in-law sits on the um, 
but is the founder, co-founder of Panorama Education, which pushes uh, critical race theory in uh, several hundreds of schools around the nation. And uh, not only that, but your wife seems to be involved in some election integrity uh, happenings that are not good for election integrity. Now, A.G. Carlin's wife, ladies and gentlemen, is actually a close, very, 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 very close. She's very, very close, very closely linked to the Brennan Center, ladies and gentlemen. The Brennan Center, ladies and gentlemen, do you guys recall the Brennan Center, ladies and gentlemen? Not only is she as an advisor closely linked to the Brennan Center, She's also connected with far left groups that are working to prevent any type of election audit of the 2020 presidential election. Now, this to me stands as a point of, uh, I don't know, conflict, maybe. Remember, recall, recall, ladies and gentlemen. When we were talking about the Maricopa County, Arizona audit of the 2020 presidential election, and we happened to have one man by the name of Bill Gates. Keep in mind, Bill Gates, not the eugenicist. Bill Gates, the Board of Supervisor POS, the Maricopa County BOS POS, Bill Gates, that one. That man who stood against election integrity, who stood against the audit of Maricopa County, Bill Gates of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, his wife, his wife, his wife is a judge, a judge who ruled on whether or not anything would go forward with this entire Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. You guys remember we played the story here at the Sea Report. And it was because of the fact that his wife, the presiding judge, I might add, had a husband who sat on a board that outright and signed a letter that said, I oppose this audit. She should have recused herself, the judge should have because she's the one who was uh, doling out what judge would preside over what case, etc. She had no reason to be making that decision on a case that she had such intimate, intimate association with, being that her husband, of course, defied having any type of audit in Maricopa County, well, now we see uh, A.G. Merrick Garland, you know, his wife, his wife happens to be in a similar position, you know. She's uh, linked with the Brennan Center, which outrightly opposed any type of audit in Arizona. In Arizona. They sent a letter, they sent a letter, Brennan Center, the Brennan Center signed a letter saying, hey, you might not want to audit Maricopa County. We don't agree with this threat, threat, threat. Brennan Center sent that. And now we see that uh, an advisor to the Brennan Center is one Merrick Garland's wife. And this man is so staunchly opposed towards any type of election integrity. 
why has he not recused himself? I would have to ask. Again, his wife is also involved with many far-left groups that are working to prevent any type of election audits. Attorney General Merrick Garland of the Department of Justice of the DOJ of the Justice Department. We're calling you out right now, in case you didn't notice, in case nobody in the mainstream media noticed. We're calling out Merrick Garland right now, just so you people in the mainstream media can notice, just so you people who only watch the mainstream media, just so you people who watch both your adversary media and your mainstream media take note. We are aware of A.G. Garland's family ties and his interests in zero election integrity and his interests in proliferating the entire thought concept of Marxist critical race theory. Take note, people out there who are watching on the adversary media. Take note, people out there who are watching this media to be sure that we know where we stand. You can't just make up these BS lies and not expect justice to not be served. Because at this point, with all of these factors that are facts that seem to riddle the life of A.G. Merrick Garland, he cannot even be in the position that he is in. He cannot stand to rule or judge on the position that he stands and judges and rules on. He cannot be the Attorney General of the United States of America and make decisions about how school boards should teach and whether or not states should have election audits and be in this position considering the little facts Toids are spilling out of the nether regions of reality today and here and now on this stream and others. Ladies and gentlemen, Merrick Garland needs to go. He needs to step down. He needs to be put aside. He needs to be replaced, ladies and gentlemen. And I think that the people who stand on his side of the aisle need to recognize that shows broadcast programs like this don't just say this stuff to be merry and giggly about factoids that would otherwise be considered, you know, uh, um, um, a conspiracy theories, but, but, but based on the ground truth and fact that is solidified in the cement that is the knowledge, that is the paperwork, that is the actual happenings of this reality in this timeline on this day here and now of October 15th, 2021, that we are literally calling out what this man's family is involved with and why he should not have any place, say, or spot at the table to make any type of ruling judgment and or hearing in regards to that. We are laying down the facts, period. This is not hypothetical. This is not for your entertainment. This is for your consideration. And how those people on the other side of the line decide to deal with this information as we are dealing with it in reality, as we are seeing it as a fact of life, okay? How they decide to deal with it, how A.G. Merrick Garland's team decides to deal with it, how all of those uh, treasonous Americans decide to deal with it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let it be clear that they are, they are permanently and quite obviously laying down their line in the dirt. They're letting us know where they stand so we can hold them accountable 
against the information that we're sharing tonight is kind of where I stand on this matter at this time and space at this moment in history, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. A.G. Merrick Garland's son-in-law, as we covered just yesterday on the C-Report, okay, is the co-founder, the co-owner of an educational company that is pushing critical race theory. This is the man right here, Zan Tanner, Merrick Garland's son-in-law. There's his daughter, uh, probably what you would call uh, an offered bride, right? She was an offered bride to Zan and Tanner to ensure that they push critical race theory here in the States, right? To further break up, further divide, further damage the uh, mental and uh, the emotional and uh, the civic and uh, the uh, professional thought processes of Americans, uh, to uh, throw them into this black pitted void of systemic racism that is non-existent and is a fairy tale in the minds of weak and um, uh, destroyed individuals who play the victim because they can't seem to get ahead any way else in life than to do so. Ladies and gentlemen, I, as a uh, quarter to a half Mexican gay Trump supporter could have played this card a long time ago, but I am not a victim, ladies and gentlemen. I am a master of my destiny. I am someone who is in total control of my future, at least in regards to my fight for its preservation, okay? But these victims of uh, critical race theory. We're just going to call them victims of critical race theory. That is what they are, 100%. They are victims of critical race theory. Are uh, having their um, means of thought, having their, their, their donuts spread this way, okay? Through Merrick Garland's son-in-law, who's uh, touching the lives of thousands of school children through uh, thousands, literally, of uh, school districts and selling this curriculum much to the benefit of one A.G. Garland and his family. They're making millions of dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Don't be mistaken. A.G. Garland and his family, they making a lot of money out of him calling parents domestic terrorists for refusing to uh, believe his said curriculum. Ladies and gentlemen, it's quite disgusting. We talked about this yesterday. Oh, yes, we did. Now, information about his wife has come forward. A.G. Garland's wife. Her name is Lynn Rosenman Garland. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Lynn Garland. She was raised in New York and also in Reading, Connecticut. And she also attended the prestigious Brearley School. That's according to her wedding announcement. She went on to graduate from Harvard University and also from the Sloan School of Management at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, where she earned a master's degree in operations management. Welcome aboard, Lynn Garland. Now, at the time of her wedding, 
She was working as the staff assistant to the vice president in charge of operations for the Melpar division of E-Systems Incorporated, which is a defense electronics contractor in Falls Church, Virginia. And you can find out more information about her and that in regards online. There was also an announcement of uh, Garland's daughter's marriage, where it was noted that Garland's wife advises government and nonprofit groups on voting systems, security, and accuracy issues. Okay. So, uh, you know, they got to brag, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, Lynn Garland was like, ow, ow, in the Hoboken, uh, New Jersey uh, rendition of my daughter's wedding. How about we put in there that I advise government and nonprofit groups on voting system securities and accuracy issues? No one in Hoboken will care. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it bleed. The truth bleeds through, ladies and gentlemen. Now, where that is concerned, it led to some material where Miss Lynn Gar Garland also noted in a report on individuals involved with Election Verification Network that Lynn Garland has worked as an unaffiliated volunteer to improve the security and accuracy of election systems since 2004. Now, what is what we have deduced about election fraud and theft in the states with electronic voting machines, at least since 2000. She's been at it since 2004. So let's push that number back at least to 2004, where we can say with electronic voting machine systems, we've had election fraud. We can say at least 2004. She is a co-executive, according to the statement, she is a co-executive editor of principles and best practices of post-election audits. I wonder what that's got to say, Lynn Garland. Tell me, Lynn Garland, what are the principles and best practices of post-election audits? She served on a team evaluating optical scan systems for Maryland's State Board of Elections. And she's also previously worked in manufacturing operations management for a Fortune 100 electronics company, as well as majoring in physics at Harvard College and in operations management at MIT. She's got quite some interesting qualifications, wouldn't you say, ladies and gentlemen? Now, there are uh, several of other individuals connected with the Election Verification Network. Now, the Election Verification Network... That is the place that we just read the summary of who Lynn Garland is. What I just read, Lynn Garland worked as an unaffiliated volunteer um, and Lynn Garland, co-editor uh, co of Principles and Best Practices, Election Verification Network. That was their write-up on her, okay? Now, the Election Verification Network, okay, that is a network of far-left nonprofits and individuals that work together to prevent election audits. Okay. Now, A.G. Merrick Garland's wife is caught up in this crowd, ladies and gentlemen. She's caught up in this crowd. Okay. 
and they're doing write-ups on her. She's representing them, all that stuff. But there's a lot of other funny characters involved with the election um, verification network. Take, for example, uh, Liz Howard. Okay, Liz Howard. Took me a minute to find a picture of her. We've talked about Liz Howard on the C Report before. All right. Now, Liz Howard was alongside good old Hari Hursty at the United Nations while they led a conference on um, election integrity and security, and they led a delegation of international election observers into the United States during the 2018 primaries and the 2020 election and allowed them to observe how America runs its elections Liz Howard was one of those people, along with Hari Hursty. Liz Howard was also one of those people who strongly opposed an audit in Maricopa County for their 2020 presidential election. She was also an observer during that election period with the National Task Force on Election Integrity. Again, this was a United Nations-led effort with Liz Howard and Hari Hursty, who is otherwise being pronounced as the election security expert, who's also frauding states of their accurate audit results, Harry Hursty. Liz Howard was involved with that. Not only was Liz Howard involved with the Election Verification Network that A.G. Merrick Garland's wife is involved with, so is one Mark Lin... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just so you guys can see here, we got one Elizabeth Howard right here. There she is, shining brightly in the face. We got one Hari Hursty. There he is. There's the Sasquatch himself stinking up the joint, Right? This is during the United Nations Conference on Election Integrity, where they brought in all of these election observers. That's this photo. That's where this photo is from. Elizabeth Howard and Hari Hursty, both of the Election Verification Network, both of the same network that A.G. Merrick Garland's wife is involved with. Now, the next picture is this sickly looking man. That is none other than Mark Lindemann. Do you guys remember who Mark Lindemann is? We've talked about Mark Lindemann quite a bit here at the Sea Report, maybe not by a month or two, but Mark Lindemann is the uh, New Hampshire, uh, what are they called over there in New Hampshire? Selectman. Mark Lindemann is the Wyndham, New Hampshire Selectman. Now, Selectman basically means city councilor. Basically means elected official for a city, for a certain district to do what the people want. Mark Lindemann. That's Mark Lindemann. Now, Mark Lindemann was not only a Wyndham, New Hampshire selectman who sold out the people of Wyndham, New Hampshire. He also sat on the board of verified voting. Ah, that's right. The same certified election company that the EAC certifies to... Uh, uh, forensically audit. Do you see the? Do you see all the wires, webs, and connections coming together, guys? This is it's a beautiful tapestry. If you think about it, when we start naming all of these people who are linked to high up officials, whether they be in the Justice Department, 
whether they be in the uh, State Department, whether they be in Joe Biden's uh, illegitimate cabinet, wherever they may be, they're all connected. They're all connected to uh, the PP dossier. They're all connected to the 2020 election fraud. They're all connected to the 2018 primary election fraud. They're all connected to Ukraine. They're all connected to uh, the imperfect phone call. They're all connected to the 2016 Florida uh, election fraud. Like they're all connected, guys. It's a beautiful tapestry that we're starting to see with the faces of people like Mark Lindemann and Hari Hursty and A.G. Merrick Garland and family and uh, Barack Obama and uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, Mittens Romney. They're all this tapestry, this tapestry that uh, beautifully imperfect human spirits are weaving together of all the fraud and crime and treason that this network of individuals has performed throughout the continental United States and abroad into other countries into something that could either be put under to like a RICO filing or something like that is coming together, guys. This beautiful tapestry. How is Mark Lindemann who's being mentioned here in this A.G. Merrick Garland wife story, ties to Hari Hursty and the frauds of the New Hampshire Wyndham election audit, and tied together with Maricopa County and all of the fraud that happened there, is tied together to, I don't know, uh, EAC's uh, uh, Pro VNB and SLI compliance is tied together to Dominion and Smartomatic is tied together to the rest of these lefty, Democrat, progressive, communist, sympathizing, treasonous Americans that are attempting to bring down this country and put the rest of us under their heel and buckle. How is it all tied together? It's a beautiful tapestry. It's a wonder of nature, baby. It's coming together right now before your eyes. All you have to do is believe, clap twice, and clack your heels together three times, ladies and gentlemen. It's your belief and the action that you take on that belief that is going to get us across the finish line, okay? Uh, 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 absconding to the way things are and other pragmatic thoughts of consciousness is not going to get us there, okay? Uh, things have always been the way they've been granted, but they will stay the same unless you make them change inside yourself first, and it's got to come from inside first. Sounds hokey, sounds Tinkerbell, sounds like a bunch of malarkey, but it's true, okay? Now, Mark Lindemann. This tapestry that I am presenting to you guys right now would not exist if what I were not saying is true, okay? Because this is self-revealing. This is self-emaciating. This is self-compelling evidence. I have nothing to do with this. I'm not doing a lick of investigation, but this is truth is still coming out for you to examine is what I'm talking about. Now, Mark Lindemann, Mark Lindemann, who also works with the same agency that A.G. Merrick Garland's wife works for that is called the Election Verification Network, also worked with verified voting, just as I said. He worked with verified voting, okay? Verified voting sent a letter to the Arizona Senate 
And it said, and I quote and paraphrase, we don't think that you should have an election audit forensic of the Maricopa County 2020 presidential election. That's what, and it's signed Mark Lindemann. I showed you the letter three times, guys. Please don't say I have no sauce. Go back to March, go back to April, go back to May. I showed you guys this man's signature. Please don't say I don't have sauce. You guys know I like it saucy, and I might not show you my news articles, but what I'm telling you is based on all of that. I have no other reason to exist other than to share you what news articles say to me. They're there. Go back. Go to the uh, podcast. Go to the uh, and I'm not talking to uh, I'm not talking to the members of the audience who are here and who have been here. I'm talking to the people who are new. I'm talking to the naysayers. You know, I don't need to share with you every damn article that I come across that I share with you my stories when I've shared with you the same damn stories for the last six months. And only now is most of the Patriot Independent Network media deciding to share it with you guys. So don't ask me for my sources when they're there. You just haven't been part of the audience since March, February, April. Okay. So Mark Lindemann, part of verified voting who also served on the three-man audit of forensic uh, um, Wyndham, New Hampshire, Mr. Lindemann and Mr. Harry Hursty and Mr. Phil Stark Jr., all part of this audit fraud in New Hampshire, okay? Lindemann, all right? Now, she, you've got Lindemann, you've got Liz Howard, you've got all of these rapscallions hanging out with A.G. Merrick's wife on the same agency. And you really expect that A.G. Merrick Garland should not recuse himself? Let's talk about Miss Jennifer Morrill. Okay, she's not Morrill. It's probably Morrell. But you have um, A.G. Merrick Garland's wife hanging out with uh, Jennifer Morrell. Okay, Jennifer Morrell, who I might add is also part of the uh, Election Verification Network. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, guys. Here you go. There's a big old happy photo of uh, Mark Lindemann and Hari Hursty, right? There's big old Hari Hursty. We just showed him with Liz Howard over at the UN, guys. I don't know what it's going to take for people to understand that Hari Hursty, though he might be an election security expert, is far from a white hat. He is probably one of the worst, worst individuals when it comes to election integrity. He's all about moving United Nations um, um, initiatives forward. That's what this guy wants. This guy is about the downfall of America. This guy is about as, a, as, about as crooked as they come, as crooked as Mark Lindemann's teeth, okay? And there's Mark Lindemann in the back, now, keep in mind, Mark Lindemann didn't do jack squat during the Wyndham, New Hampshire audit, like after the second week. OK, this is this is all very much stuff that should be kind of grading your joints, ladies and gentlemen. When we are this far in the game, we are 1015 on a Friday night. 
okay? And we got these yahoos, the same cast of characters who are sawing on the bones of Americans with their fraud, deceit, and lies. And yet we want to sit back and laugh about it. I know I present quite a clownish look at these individuals, but seriously, guys, this should be grating on the bones by now. You got the same cast of characters, Lindemann to Hursty to A.G. Merrick Garland, involved in the same crap, okay? And the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, and really, this is what I would, this is what, this is a point I would have to speak with Dr. Shiva about. May he have a second opened forum so I can call him and get a hold of him that way, if not other ways. How are we going to deal with the media that keeps spilling out these same lies with the same stories on repetition with different dressings and they keep getting away with it? Okay, they keep getting away with it. Now let's move on to Jennifer Morell. Oh, wait, here we go. It's uh, just so you can get a good picture of them, lady. I got a lot here, apparently. We got uh, A.G. Merrick Garland and his wife, right? There they are, the happy couple, the happy treasonous bastards, the happy people to bring down America. Probably got steamier, um, you know, they probably got steamier uh, communications in their text messages than Struck and uh, Page, right? <coughs> there they are, the happy couple. The happy treasonous espionage spies. There is Jennifer Morell. I should you guys should have known she was gonna look like this. Jennifer Morell. Okay. Miss Morell was oh, was all over the country before and after the 2020 elections, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the far left, the elections group founder, Jennifer Morell. She happens to pop up in Georgia during the uh, 2020 election. And uh, she also happens to pop up in Arizona because of the 2020 election, ladies and gentlemen. She's all over the place, okay? As one of three far-left observers, she was even there during the Maricopa County audit, guys. She snuck onto the floor with that other little lefty reporter dude and the other chick. Jennifer Mel was one of them. It was, it was Katie Hobbs, the Secretary of Snakes. It was her contingent that went in there to observe. Well, she was part of it. So now you know, guys, A.G. Merrick Garland's wife is hanging out with people like this, okay? She's hanging out with Jennifer Morell. And um, Morell's group, the election group, Jennifer Morell has a nonprofit election organization called the Election Group, was operating in Arizona, was operating in Georgia, and was operating in Wisconsin on election night. Jennifer Morell has been seen partying with uh, Dominion executives like uh, Eric Coomer. Yeah, Jennifer Morell and Eric Coomer. In fact, Miss Garland also has been seen hanging out with people like Jennifer Morell. Miss Garland also co-wrote an article with the Brennan Center and with Verified Voting. So uh, Miss Garland, A.G. Merrick's wife, has also co-written letters and articles with Brennan Center's Liz Howard and Verified Voting's Mark Lindemann, much to the point that we should not have election audits in this country. 
The Brandon Center was involved in an attempt to stop the Maricopa County audit. Along with Liz Howard, they also are connected with Harry Hursty, who was also the auditor of New Hampshire and also met with the United Nations. Not my words. Those are the words of the Gateway Pundit. Now, Miss Garland is substantially linked to the 2020 election. She co-authored articles with individuals and entities critical of audits after the 2020 election who actually tried to stop any election audits. Ms. Garland has also been silent as her husband threatened those participating in the Arizona audit. You guys remember A.G. Merrick Garland sent over a letter was like, you better cease and desist. And uh, that's when we actually saw the sleeping bear of Arizona A.G. Brnovich show his teeth, as well as uh, some really notable senators. A.G. Garland is completely conflicted due to his family's connections, both with critical race theory and both with anti-election audit stamina. A.G. Merrick Garland should have nothing to do with this matter. A.G. Merrick Garland needs to step down, ladies and gentlemen. That is my final on this matter. He has no reason, nor has he any credibility to stand as Attorney General of the United States of America. Needlessly to say, as AG of the Department of Justice. So let it be said, so let it be written here on the hallowed walls of the Sea Report. The writing is evident. A.G. Merrick Garland's wife is far more involved with uh, matters that exclude his uh, reasoning. He's got to go, guys. He's got to go. All right. That takes us to our final story for tonight. Sorry, we're in a little bit of overtime. I wasn't expecting to get here tonight, but uh, this is our last story for tonight, guys. And it has to do with this... uh, she looks pretty she looks pretty crazy, doesn't she? This is Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of Snakes over there in Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. It appears that Michigan nursing home employee and caregiver has been found to have illegally, illegally submitted absentee ballots in the 2020 election. Now, this is a good thing, right? This is a good thing, and I like that. Narco Hampone TV says, step down, step down. A.G. Merrick Garland should step down. He should be arrested. I like it. Narco Hampone TV, mi amigo. Mi amigo por todo. I totally agree with you on that regards. Now, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about this one here. <laughs> Corpy05, I doubt you're still in the audience. Isn't your show on somewhere, Corpy05? Go go to your show. Go to your show. Anyways, that was a Twitch troll. Sorry guys. We don't got we don't got much by way of Twitch trolls tonight. Maybe not until a little bit later on tonight. I'll be fine with that. We got one more story. We gotta wrap it up. We'll be back live in a couple of uh minutes. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about um, a nursing home. Let's talk about this Jocelyn Benson and this nursing home. So we had an incident in Michigan, right? 
where Michigan is coming down hard on these people who have committed election fraud. They've uh, illegally voted. Election fraud. Election fraud. Voter fraud. Jocelyn Benson and company, they are here to make sure that Michigan runs the most secure elections of ever and of all and of lifetime, like uh, guarantee. So here's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. As it turns out, there is a Michigan nursing home employee and caregiver and a few others um, who actually turned in absentee ballots, totaling 26, a total 26 absentee ballots that they turned in in the name of legally incapacitated individuals, okay? Since doing this, it has come out that it was actual voter fraud, that voter fraud, election fraud took place in Michigan in the 2020 election. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. In October of 2021, nigh on a full year away from the 2020 presidential election in Michigan. And now this hawk of election integrity, Jocelyn Benson, the secretary of snakes, has found election fraud in the state of Michigan. Here we are a year later, ladies and gentlemen, where the state of Texas is found over and convicted over 500 cases of election fraud. Jocelyn Benson, with her golden staff in the air and her bronze shield waving proudly, says, we have stopped election fraud in the state of Michigan. So saith I, Jocelyn Benson, and my... Dyke Attorney Gen uh, General uh, um, Dana Nacelle, we hang out together all the time so we would know on our weekends in the uh, Hampton Scissoring about election fraud. So because of this, ladies and gentlemen, Jocelyn Benson, the uh, Secretary of Snakes for the State of Michigan, has declared, she has declared that Michigan state has the most secure elections this side of the Mason-Dixon line because they found and prosecuted this one instance of election fraud in their state. Their one single instance, one instance of election fraud she declares the state of Michigan is safe and secure. She sounds like Governor Abbott at this point. The state of Michigan is safe and secure from any type of election fraud because we found this one case of election fraud. Jocelyn Benson, I don't know what kind of uh, amphetamines you've been sniffing, but based on your hair, they're pretty strong. Okay. Now, the Detroit um, Area 100% Fed Up Journal reported that Michigan's dirty Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson had a curious response to the charges of election fraud that just unfolded, calling them a rare case, as rare as her hair is in this instance. Apparently, the Secretary of Snakes, Benson, said, our election system is secure. 
And today's charges demonstrate that in the rare circumstances when fraud occurs, we catch it. Me and my lesbian dyke attorney general, Dana Nassell, and all of our scissoring activities hold the perpetrators accountable. She says, these charges also send a clear message to those who promote deceitful claims about widespread fraud. Did you catch that, guys? She says, these charges also send a clear message to those who promote deceitful claims about widespread fraud. Did you catch that? I don't need to read it again, right? It goes on to say, the current protocols we have in place work to protect and ensure the integrity of our elections. Okay, well, that sounds like Texas to me. That sounds a whole lot like Texas, guys. Because after all, Texas has these preliminary testing uh, procedures that prove beyond uh, any doubt that uh, we have in place a system that works to protect and ensure the integrity of our elections. Abbott, not only are you starting to look like Jocelyn Benson, you're starting to sound like Jocelyn Benson, Governor Abbott. You want to be compared to a governor, uh, sorry, a governor's assistant, the Secretary of State from one of the most corrupt states in the union, Governor Abbott, do you? Because you sound like her. And uh, also, might I add that your acting Secretary of State, Joe Sparza, looks like her, Okay. So Benson is going hard on this case. She's saying, uh, she's saying uh, our systems work and this one incident proves it beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, Michigan is strong on election integrity. Michigan is strong on election security. Never mind all of the shenanigans that took place in Detroit and other city centers on election night plus six. Never mind that. Never mind this case of election uh, fraud that happened with uh, the city clerk there in, um, what was this, uh, Detroit, it looks like. This, this happened in 2018, guys. We're not talking about the case of election fraud that we have found now, that uh, Jocelyn Benson is, uh, is uh, flapping her peacock, uh, her peacock feathers at, at the moment. We're talking about a case that happened in 2018. Oh, do you guys prefer this picture of Jocelyn Benson, by the way? Look at her. She's like, we're election security. Ah, ah, we've got election security. Look at me, I'm Jocelyn Benson. It's election security. Okay. <laughs> this is the case I'm talking about right here. This is the case that Jocelyn Benson just seems to not remember when she's talking about election security and how rare it is. Now, this case took place in 2018 with a city clerk, okay? Now, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, Attorney General Dana Nassell, they have some uh, serious shortcomings when it comes to uh, what they remember in regards to voter and election fraud. And what it means to hold people accountable 
We have a brand new rare case of election fraud in Michigan, and now we have to wonder whether or not she will hold it accountable. Because in 2018, we had this Democrat city clerk by the name of Sharakia Hawkins. She was charged with six counts of felony voter fraud related to absentee voting in Southfield, Michigan. Okay, here's the ticket. As rare as these cases are in Michigan and as dutifully as the Secretary of State and the AG takes care of it, it appears that Sharakia Hawkins, who was charged with six counts of felony voter fraud as a city clerk, is still to this day serving as the city clerk for Southfield, Michigan. Ladies and gentlemen, need I say more about how the justice system works in Michigan and whether or not Jocelyn Benson and Dana Nassell can get their legs from out of each other's uh, pretzeled position enough, long enough to actually, uh, I don't know, perhaps... Um, um, <laughs> cast a judgment on this issue. Now, Hawkins' case has been delayed until February 15th of 2022. Plenty of time for uh, uh, Nacelle and Benson to get out of that uh, pretzel position. All but two charges against her have been dropped. Six charges against this woman for election fraud is, as a city clerk, and yet uh, Benson, Nacelle, and uh, Whitmer can't untangle their pretzel long enough to bring charges to this woman. Hawkins is running for city clerk again in 2021, despite the fact that this rare instance of election fraud occurred in Southfield, Michigan. She says if re-elected and Hawkins is able to secure a plea deal, she will be vested as an employee and be able to receive a full pension from the city. This woman who was found to be charged with six counts of felony voter fraud will receive a full pension from the city if re-elected in 2021, guys. Do you think that Whitmer and Nacelle and Benson have fully unfolded their legs? Anyways, okay, 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 okay. I quit, I quit, I quit. Okay, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. The complaint alleges that Hawkins fraudulently altered the qualified voter file after the 2018 general election to falsely reflect that previously logged absentee ballots were void due to arriving in envelopes that were not signed by the voter. After being sent to trial, Hawkins final, filed a motion to quash or requested the court to render a previous decision as null or invalid. But um, before Oakland County Circuit Court Judge Leo Bauman, um, and that was granted on four of six charges. So she's only being charged for two counts of election fraud. She's still serving as city clerk. She's up for re-election this year, next month, and should she be re-elected, 
she will be writing quite nicely on taxpayer money for the rest of her pension. Now, with that case in mind, Jocelyn Benson, Dana Missell, wretched Gretchen Whitmer, who can't seem to get out of their, uh, you know, um, um, pretzel position. The sisters weird here, guys, the three witches. In a joint statement about the charges against Hawkins, called that a rare case. And yet today, in another rare case of election fraud in the state of Michigan, it is announced that three Metro Detroit women are facing multiple election fraud charges from the 2020 election, as in 2018 with uh, Sharika Hawkins. Benson is boldly proclaiming that this is a rare case. She says, our election system is secure, and today's charges demonstrate the rare circumstance that it happens, but it shows and it proves that we are secure. Now, what are the charges? Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the charges and not just talk about how badly these three women run Michigan's, uh, you know, state of affairs. Um, we got uh, three charges, three different women. We have charges filed against Trina Maisha Rainey. She's 28 years old. Uh, she's from uh, Carlos Clark. She's 59 years old. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I take it back. That's one of them. 28-year-old Trinae Maisha Rainey. Also, Carlos Clark. I'm Carlos, but my name's not Carlos, okay? Sorry, I was a little bit of... I was a little confused there. When I was like, Carlos, I, I'm Carlos. I have Carlos here. Carlos Clark. That's a 59-year-old individual. And also... Nancy Juanita Williams, she's 55. Now, the charges announced on Monday involved these three individuals alleged to have been involved in election fraud in Oakland County, Macomb County, and Wayne County. The other two were caught during the absentee ballot application process and never issued actual ballots, says McComel. Now, Trine Maisha Rainey, 28 years old, was charged with three counts of election law forgery and three counts of forging signatures on absentee ballot applications after she is alleged to have filled out applications and forged resident signatures on the application at Father Murray's nursing home in Centerline, Michigan, where she worked. The Centerline clerk contacted the Bureau of Elections in October 2020 after receiving about two dozen Absentee voter applications where the signatures were found not to match those in the state's qualified voter file. The applications, according to Nacelle's office, now Nacelle would be the third harpy on the left, that is your left, my right, um, were for residents who had not yet told staff whether they wanted to vote in the 2020 general election. In the case of Carlos Clark, of that sounds like a... <laughs> That sounds like someone who's in the mob. Carlos Clark, who did all of his jobs on bike or on foot, right? Carlos Clark, 59, was charged with impersonating another to vote and election law forgery after she was alleged to have signed and returned her grandson's mail-in ballot despite his decision to vote in person. Can you imagine that? 
You go and vote in person. They're like, we're sorry, uh, grandchild Clark. Carlos Clark already voted for you. Uh, the Bureau of Elections contacted the Department of State about Clark's case when, in April 2021 after there appeared to be a case of double voting. In the case of Nancy Juanita Williams, pardon me, excuse me, Nancy Juanita Williams, she was charged with 14 counts of false statements on absentee ballot applications, forging a signature on an application, and election law forgery in several different courts. She is alleged to have submitted 26 absentee ballot applications to nine different clerks for legally, for legally incapacitated persons under her care and to have the ballots sent to her address. Williams also is alleged to have submitted voter registration applications for each of the people without his or her knowledge or consent. So rah, rah, boom, boom, hurrah, hurrah. I'm quite happy that they have uh, clamped down on this voter fraud. But again, people like this uh, Jocelyn Benson with the weird snake eyes, I'm seeing them now. People like this uh, AG Dana Nacelle and uh, Wretched Gretchen Whitmer, all of whom hang out together on a Saturday night with uh, pretzel legs. I just, uh, yeah, they're using this to their advantage. They're saying, hey, we're secure. Hey, we hold people accountable. Look at us. We're Michigan. Go team Michigan. It's a bunch of bull. It's got to end now. That's what tonight's show was all about, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoy tonight's, um, uh, tonight's C report. We went over. I was not expecting to go over tonight, guys. I was expecting to be right on the button. And here we are at the end of the third hour. I thank you all for hanging out with us. It is uh, almost 10.30 p.m. Central Texas time. We still have the C report, uh, Mr. C in the dark tonight at midnight. We'll be doing it tonight at least, ladies and gentlemen. I've got a lot to catch up on. Maybe we'll talk about it during Mr. C in the dark. Thank you all for hanging out, though. Uh, two Rivers. Two Rivers says, good news. Report to fax an email to your representatives in the state. They need to know that we know exactly Two Rivers. I don't know if you were hanging out with us at the beginning of today's report, but we'll probably talk about it during Mr. C in the dark. WC Cranop, thank you for hanging out. Narco Hampong TV, Familia, 100%, 100%. I'm right there with you, my friend. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Thank you for being here. Smitten Kitten, 38, as well. Another dude in my IMHO, just saying, in my humble opinion. <laughs> thank you guys for being with us tonight. We'll be back, though, tonight at least. Pilled by the Rabbit, Just V, the rest of you folks all out there, Aurelius Locke, unforgettably, the um, Speak Uneasy. We'll have open lines tonight. I might need you guys tonight uh, if you're hanging out. Uh, but we'll go over some other stuff. Thumper Rose, thank you all for hanging out. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we'll see about next week in the C Report, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no promises just yet. Now, normally I would end tonight by saying something like, uh, we'll be back next week on Monday, same place, same time here at the Sea Report. No promises, guys. 
no promises. Next week we have uh, we have the um, um, Patriot Voice Patriot Double Down for God and Country happening in Las Vegas. I've got a lot of things I need to catch up on before then. Yes, don't ever say I don't procrastinate. I absolutely do, but in this case, it's not total procrastination. So uh, will we be live on Monday? I'll let you know. Will we be live on Tuesday? I'll let you know, but I'll tell you for a fact, at least by Wednesday, we will be back with the C-Report. 100%, at least by Wednesday. We're going to do the C-Report tonight, guys. We're going to do the C-Report tonight. Oh, wait, we just finished it. We're going to do Mr. C in the Dark tonight, y'all. We're going to do Mr. C in the Dark tonight, but as per fair warning, for the rest of the weekend going until at least Wednesday, everything is tentative, okay? Everything is tentative because we've got to get ready. We've got to buckle down. We've got to prepare. We've got a for God and country patriot double down happening next week. And I want to make sure all systems are go for you guys, because you guys are the ones who sent me there. You guys are the ones who got me to cross that finish line for next week's events. So until then, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you in about an hour and a half approximately for Friday night, Saturday morning's rendition of the Mr. C in the Dark show. No telling what we're going to get into. I've got a lot of things going on in my brain right now, but uh, y'all's presence will most definitely be appreciated. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, check us out at the C Report. Dot com. Check us out at anchor.fm slash the C report. Listen to us on our podcast. It helps the podcast more than you could know. Get us out there. Spread us in your social media links. Share, share, share the good news and the rest. Till then, ladies and gentlemen, have a great night. Be safe, be blessed, and as always and forever, God bless the United States of America. We will see you soon. Take care.